in five, four, three, two, one. Homie Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited to feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Alright. 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 Alright, alright. Welcome in everybody, it is Thursday, December 28th, this is the Mike Rutherford Show, coming to you from the world-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in sunny Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans, take your career to new heights with an MBA from the University of Louisville. The full-time MBA is an innovative 12-month program that accelerates your career trajectory with convenient in-person evening classes. They've also got 11-month paid internship opportunities that provide you with valuable industry experience. It's the MBA that pays. Get started today and visit business.louisville.com. Edu. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6 here on 14.50 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth. You know what's better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford and Trevor Kelsey here on a feel-bad Thursday after the Cards end their 2023 season with a loss to USC in the Holiday Bowl. We've got reaction to that. We've got, I feel like, sort of a broader conversation about the overall season. Some of the anger that's out there about Jeff Brom, some of the anger that's out there about the anger over Jeff Brom, you know, what what things look like moving forward, what do we do at the quarterback position, all that good stuff. We're going to hear from you on the Thornton text line as well. Before we do any of it, he came in, he was grunting as he walked past the door. He's not in a good mood. He is Trevor Kelsey. TK, how are you? What do you want? I know you're set. You're upset today. <laughs> what? Is this all just Holiday you bo- Bowl? You're bothering me. What, what do you need, man? What, what? Is this all just Holiday Bowl hangover, or is this just like I'm... I'm ready to not be working. We had a break. This is that weird week between Christmas and New Year's. Is it just a mixture of everything? You're in a bad mood. It's just the, the ending the year in kind of a sour note. I mean, just I uh, didn't want to. I mean, I still got the Eagles, I guess. You know, yeah, it's great. But yeah, I just I, I really wanted to win last night. I did. I did too. And it, it, like the thing is, you know, we had the discussion on yesterday's show, and we've had it before about. Well, I almost want to throw something by the way, real quick. I, if you're mad, Jeff Brom. Go be a Western fan. Or yeah, there are people out there who are. But, yeah. you know, we had the discussion on yesterday's show, and we've had it before, about, you know, bowl games, the the, the diminished importance of them over time, all the opt-outs, all the, the, the players in the transfer portal. It just it changes the way that you view bowl games. And so, you know, all week long, and even yesterday, like on the show, we're kind of, you know, we want to win, but what does it really mean and all this stuff? When the game starts, I don't know if you're like me, when the game started, I was like, all right, it's football. All the old emotions are coming back. I really want to win this thing. And then when we, you know, we, we come out and we look good, I'm like, this is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. What, what a positive way to end the season. No three-game slide. And then, yeah, I found myself, because you know, coming into the week, I was kind of like, it'd be cool to win this. 
But it's not the worst thing in the world if you lose it. These bowl games don't really matter and, and, and all this stuff. We've already gotten started for next year, the transfer portal. Like that's the that's the big picture right now. And I was pretty upset last night. Like I, I was pissed off with the way the team played. You saw, I mean, a lot of Louisville fans, the reaction, it wasn't quite as strong as it was after the the, the conference championship game loss to Florida State, and certainly not after the the upset loss to Kentucky. But there was definitely some some people out there that were were upset and kind of talking about how this three game slide just took away from the, the 10 and one start and, and people are questioning some of the coaching decisions and questioning some of the personnel and, and, and all this stuff. And it ended up, I think being a game that, and, and we'll see, you know, we're right there in the thick of it right now. Maybe we feel totally differently in just a week or two or certainly a month or two, but it definitely was a game that was reacted to more than I thought it was going to be. And I, I fall in that boat as well. Like I, I found myself being very emotionally invested in that game last night. I mean, I guess, I mean, because I, I guess it's it, it's it's hard to like not get to excuse me not to to get excited. I guess overly excited and counting down the days like you would like you know the opening of the season and stuff because it is a ball game and it gets lost in the middle of the basketball. We've got basketball going on, good or bad. And but you're right. Like last night, like even no yesterday, good, by the way. It's no, it's no good in that equation. Well, I, I agree. You, you you can just say bad. I, I agree. Well, the good was maybe thinking there'd be a press conference one day, but you know, maybe there still will. Be. You're right. There a will. conversation oh, for the next 18 no, weeks. There will be. It's just not, equivalent. It's just a matter of time. Okay. It's just like Brom and his, his his collision with the national title, which yes will happen. Um, but yeah, even yesterday, like I was confident. I was I was I was ready for the game. I was excited. You know, I didn't. You know, I was. Happy and had to work, you know, watching on my phone while doing a high school game. And, you know, I, I wanted to get home and I got home. And I, got, I was, you know, watching the pregame. I'm watching the, the local pre, pregame with, with, you know, Tyler and Crawford and, and Rick and all them. Then watching the national version and, you know. The, Which the national Fox, the, the Holiday Bowl pregame, was this, them talking about the playoff for 27 minutes and our game for like the last two minutes. By the way, Chris Peterson, boy, he has aged poorly yeah <laughs> it's man the the Acho I, guy too i see I why know. he stepped away man <laughs> i don't know who dressed uh Acho last yeah. night emmanuel Acho or whatever but i was like this is this is not a good look i don't watch box a lot so this this was like a new ex- i it's weird because i grew up i loved I, I watched a lot of fox when i was a kid married with children simpsons you know sure. so on and so forth but like i just don't watch a lot of network television anymore you're not alone uh, you're right and i don't watch a lot of fox so like like a lot of the commercials, like I didn't, I had no idea what was going on. Like, I, I, I think I texted you in the middle of you were probably still mad during the game. I was like, I think my new dream job is just to smoke weed and just like come up with crazy board, you know, game shows for Fox. I did appreciate like, that text. I didn't respond, but like I had a million like people who were like, oh, it was in the middle of what's like, a bad point in the it, game. Yeah. It was just like I had like 17 straight texts about Jack Plummer. Oh, like, well, like, <laughs> like, I can't watch this guy playing, like all my friends, all these people. And then in the middle of it, it's you being like, my dream job is to get high and pitch crazy shows to Fox. I'm like, this is classic Trevor. I'm like, well, I mean, Not now. Please. The floor, we are family. I mean, come on, seriously. What kind of drugs are we on in this boardroom? I mean, who comes up with that crap? But I, I think but, also but, to your point, like the game being played on Fox and the, the national TV audience and stuff. It was the first game talked about on ESPN. Which yeah, I changed the channel right away, but it was like, still brought right away, right up. Once I mean. the game started, because you and I and, and people of our age and certainly people older, we're preconditioned to still like it, it's in our DNA to care about bowl games more than the average game, right? And and more I know things have fan, you mean no than the average game. The, okay. the, the, you know, I, I know things have changed significantly over the last five or ten years, and you can say. You know, well, most regular season games now are are far more important, have more significance than the bowl game. But for people like us who grew up, you know, this was a huge deal to play in a bowl game. Once it starts, I think it's hard to kind of turn off that 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 subconscious that tells you, like, 
you know, national TV, all this hype, you know, we're the, you know one of the only games on, people are, or a lot of people are watching us, like, this is a huge deal, it doesn't matter who's playing in it and who's sitting out, so once, I think once the game started, I think we all just, it felt like, you know, we're back in, like, the old, watching the old Orange Bowl in, in 06, or watching the Gator Bowl in 05, like, you know, these, these games that just, we were so emotionally invested in, it's hard to just, you know, it doesn't feel like it's a meaningless game at that point. It doesn't feel like, oh, they're playing without their quarterback or they're playing without whoever and we're playing without our running back and all this stuff. It's just like, you're just kind of thrown back into what you've always known, which is really, really wanting to end the season with a bowl victory. Yeah, it, it did help get me hyped up that like the Fox kept most of their focus, at least at least, at least the first quarter felt like all on Louisville. Like it's, I mean, or they, Barry Sanders, or well, a, a, anything else that was happening besides the game. Am I the only one that was going? They better not be missing a play while they're focusing on Barry. And they the, were missing like seventeen plays. I was There's like, what huge... is going on? The cameras on Barry. Listen, I, I want to hear Barry. That's great. It's Barry's awesome. No connection except for one Holiday Bowl game to either of these teams, but and during his sponsorship with the Directv, which apparently it was when she he revealed yeah. at the very end when he said he's, he's fourth and fifth word of the interview. Teddy Bridgewater also is in the same <laughs> same boat. He's got the. I was like, why is he posting Instagram videos about this game? So, and I was like, oh, he's Directv. But I mean, bring him in, great. Show some highlights, awesome. Talk about talk talk to, about him and his career during the game. I don't care. At least show me the game. It was you can so hear annoying. whistles in the background. I'm like, what's going on? Look, Barry did they Sanders, come back and it's second and thirteen. I'm like, yeah. Did we get a penalty? Did we get a sack? What what happened? Barry Sanders might be my favorite athlete of all time. And about three minutes into that interview, I'm like, get him off the TV, <laughs> I mean, please. I'm, I love you. This is awful. Like they were like you know we we yeah we had a penalty. We Plummer had to come out of the game at one point. Yeah, Gus, Gus Johnson, he comes back in. No and Gus, idea. Gus Johnson's still referring to him as Brock Doman. <laughs> it was. I, I was like, are we just? It, it was like this was a, like some sort of celebration of college football with a game going on in the background that people were casually paying attention to. Like Gus, I, I don't know if it was a holiday hangover or what, but like he was. I mean, just he's Isaac Guerrero. He's not paying attention to the no. game. Like like he was just like Gus Johnson could not have cared less about this. Well, game. until until USC started playing well, that's then, then, true. Because yeah, you're right. He seemed like he was just hungover. He like he was just like Louisville. He, he, he was he had no excitement in his voice. I mean, the, 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 I think the only time he I think he smiled a little bit is when he name dropped being living in Louisville. Which how none of us how did that not make show notes or anything? Beecher Terrace. I mean, I, yeah, he did say to be fair, like he, he said he spent time here. His dad and his whole family yeah, was from here, and so I think he because he grew up in Detroit. I, I know that. I, I actually looked at halftime. I, I, cause I, I was intrigued, but this is like the most interesting thing in the first half. It was. Everybody was very shocked. And by so this. I was shocked. I, by I this. found an interview he did like a year ago on a podcast with Rex Chapman on 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 YouTube, where he actually gave, went in a little more detail. He grew up in Detroit. His father lived here. He, they'd visit all the time in summer. He'd right. stay here. Uh, his dad, you know, didn't graduate past third grade. He, he worked at Brown Hotel. You know, and yeah, and he's fourteen to one. He dropped the you know Beecher Terrace thing. Not a little, little, not much, not much more detail than what he he just a little small tidbit he dropped in the broadcast. But I mean, it came it came out of nowhere. It was like, wait a minute, what? You know, I mean, and then, of which course, people also were like, they, they were kind of jumping on, being like, you said, you know, fourteenth and Walnut, clearly not from around here. I'm like, that was that, that's what Muhammad Ali was called before 1978, <laughs> which just goes to show, like, he was here probably growing up in like the the, yeah. the 70s you know, when he was visiting his dad and stuff. I'm like, come on, guys. I mean, just, do you ever wonder why the Walnut Baptist Church is on Muhammad Ali? Yeah, Boy, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there were so many people in my mentions who were like, you can tell he's not from here. He's calling it 14th and Walnut. I'm like, well, I, like, I like the people who were like. 
Like half the country's like, okay, what? The other half's like, Beecher Terrace, he's flexing. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I mean, I, my reaction was the latter. Like, I, I was kind of like, ooh, like, like you know, yeah, he's he's, he's at fourteen. I was like, okay, I didn't know Gus had that. In, you know, had Maybe that in him. Grew like, up in Detroit in the seventies too. It couldn't have been too. He had, he had yeah. thick skin. But yeah, we do, like we'd never heard that part of his story. I knew the. I mean, he, and this man has called a ton of Louisville games over the years. He was on the call for. Uh, the 05 game against West Virginia in the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16 game against Washington. Like He's had some really memorable calls of our games over the years. The Edgar Sosa game against Texas A&M. Like, yeah, I don't mean, I've never, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, it was all news to me. That Again, as I said, sadly, that was the highlight of the first half for me. But Well, the start was great. Yeah, yeah, we'll I'll kind of go through that here in a second. But it just, yeah, he just seemed like he was disinterested. He got excited when Barry showed up. Then when Barry left, he started getting more excited because, I think he's got stock in Miller Moss or something. And, you know, then, then you got kind of old Gus. But then by then it was just kind of like, and, but even when he still talked about us, he was just kind of like, they're running the ball. Well, there's, there's Brock Doman. Whoops. In his defense, there wasn't a whole lot to get excited. That, that was basically what we were doing. <laughs> it's like three yard pass to the left. And yeah. here's Garendo. And, yeah, I mean, thank God uh, for Isaac Garendo last night because that, that could have gotten real ugly had he not shown up and been Superman. But let's start. I mean, the, the broadcast itself was a little bit annoying, but. The game itself. I mean, if we'd won the game, the broadcast would have been moved anyway. Right. We, we, we come out, we get the quick stop. 18th straight game where we've stopped our opponents on their first offensive drive, which is a, kind of a crazy stat with, to, for no points. You know, We get the ball. We drive right down the field. We have the drop on the first deep pass, which has become kind of a thing. For as bad as or as, as average or slightly below average as Jack Plummer has been this season, we have had a ton of first drive drops that I feel like you know we just like give the man some confidence. Like yeah, we, that that one was on wasn't on him. Yeah, the play was designed perfectly. And Mario Higgins Bruce, who's our our big deep threat with with Thrash gone, um, just got to come down with that ball. He's been upset about playing time and lack of targets all season long. Well, you know that you got to catch that, and we still drive right down the field. And at that point in time, I mean USC looks like they could not care less. Like, like you know, I, I'm thinking. I I'm thinking this is going to be a blowout. Like I, I'm thinking we're more invested. We're the team that's that's more in it to win it. They have totally checked out. They, like, they don't even want to be here. This could be a romp. I, I said yesterday. I said I, I felt like it could be like the Florida Sugar Bowl game a little bit. And like you said, like when we made that first stop three and out, drove down. I'm thinking I, I might have been right on this one. I yeah, think I'm doing good. And then on top of it, not to go ahead too much, but like the very next possession, I think it was the second play or first. I think it was the second play of their drive. You know, we almost get that what would have been a pick six. Yeah, and I'm thinking as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, that was that was our Floyd moment. Yeah. We're focused. We're, I mean, was, we're yeah, we're, we're in it. We're locked in. There's no question about it. And I'm I, first of all, I'm thinking I took Louisville over 32 and a half team total. This is going to be easy cash. We may have it in the first <laughs> half. Like, this is this is incredible. And like you said, the second defensive possession, we're jumping routes. We're we're getting in the backfield. I we had I mean a pick six right there in our hands. We're dominating the line of scrimmage. We get the ball back, and you're you're feeling really good. Well, now we do give the big play. We do, but we still get the ball back because we get they missed the field goal. We get lucky in the field goal. And I'm thinking, okay, we dodged a bullet. They got a nice big play over the middle. It was a kind of lucky catch because he was getting good pressure. Moss was don't want to, what I was not wanting to happen at that point was not to get him get confidence. Because I, and I I figured we could rattle them and get up on them. We'd run the ball, we we would roll, and maybe they that's would kind of. We're going. That's where we're going. Yeah, and that's the, that's the direction I think the game was headed, right? I, I I yeah, that's my next point. Is I think that you know we get the ball back, and it's been the easiest drive in the world. You see their their heads hanging after the missed field goal. Yeah, and you're kind of thinking if we score again here, they may really quit. Like yeah. like you know they'll get a few big offensive plays, but this is going to be our game. Like like we're going to start dancing. We're going to get the the juice. And 
plumber, as he tends to do in these types of situations where it's like we're, we've got, we're right on the precipice of having all the momentum in the game, he does what you can't do and doesn't secure the ball. It wasn't well, entirely his fault. Yeah, who was he, the who's the Josh Lifson is the tight end over there okay. on that side who's George he's initially like blo- yeah, he's, he's initially blocking his guy and for whatever reason just stops. So it's like looks around. One of the weirdest plays we've had all season long. It's like he was looking for somebody else to block and the USC dude's like, "Okay, well, I'm just going to go get the quarterback then." That that was strange. Still, I mean, Plummer's he's got to feel that and secure the ball. It's, it's happened enough times this year where like ball security is key. Just don't like take the sack, take the five yard loss at that point, and, and you make sure that you don't give them that quality field position. He doesn't. The, the ball comes loose. USC scores, and from that point forward, like you saw, due to had their heads hanging on their sideline or in the game, mm. they're jumping after made tackles. They're jumping after big plays. You know, they're, they're, they're doing the emphatic points for first whatever down. They keep doing. Yeah, they're, they're doing like, like they're very much into the game from that point forward. And you're like, well, bleep, like, like we had a chance, I think, to really just run away with this thing and now it's going to be a dog fight and then not only was it not really a dog fight they just kind of dog walked us for the rest of the game like like their their talent showed through there's no way around it they've got even without so many of their star players they still had guys that were just you know faster than us bigger than us more athletic than us I mean Tosh Washington made our secondary look like you know a JV high school team and look Milton Moss still Miller Moss still pretty damn good like you forget he was a highly touted kid coming out of high school and also his uh, his QB coach coming out of high school was uh, Pierce Clarkson's dad Steve Clarkson so you know you know he's getting good coaching you know he's got the 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 pedigree and he was I said yesterday I was like from watching the little bit of him that I've seen on film limited sample size like I think he's going to be able to move the offense I think he's going to be pretty good they've got no run game and it didn't matter we got no pressure on him when we did bring pressure he made the right read, made the right throws, and their receivers just made our secondary look dumb all night long. It, it was a really shockingly bad performance from our defense, which hasn't been as good as we thought it was going to be down the stretch. They played well against FSU, who didn't have a quarterback. But, I mean, is it a stretch to say that was the worst game the defense played all year long? Well, I mean, I just – I don't know if it was the worst overall. Cause I, knew, I mean, I knew USC would get big plays. I mean, I, I, if, you, if we thought we weren't going to get, they weren't going, we weren't going to give up some big plays to this offense, regardless of quarterback, with still the skill positions they had coming in. Right, but we never got a stop. Well, like, we, every we, time we need to get off the field, we just couldn't. Well, post yeah, as the game went along, we had the interception that by, by Riley that which was, was like a, that was more of like a game saving like uh, yeah, you had to have it or we're going to get blown out type play. And and we did of course get you know stop the first play of the game or drive of the game. <laughs> was that our only, was that the really pump by the way? The first drive, it feels. Like, I mean, they were like because let's not remember they they got their next two possessions in inside the red. They didn't have to go twenty yards to get their first two touchdowns, right? Because but I, I mean, my big point was like I think they went like seven of ten on third down. I mean, I believe it. Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, I'm I'm not kidding. I, I have to look at stats. I think that might have been their only punt was that first drive. I could be wrong. Uh, no, he had two punts. I don't know when the other one was then. Uh, it might. It's. I was at the end of the game, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when it was already fourteen points, I, I can't remember. So, I. I mean, yeah. It's just. It, I felt like a lot. Of, yeah. Once that switch that fumble, which, plumber, I can. You can put a lot of blame on plumber. I put only like ten percent of that plumber. The ninety percent goes on the guy who missed the tackle, missed the block. I thought that was just ridiculous. I was so furious with that. Uh, like I said Pickens. He made George Pickens look like Orlando Pace with that attempt. It was horrible, and. Uh, the, but Plummer was not the, the, avoid blame. I mean, that's like obvious. No. I mean, 
There's, I mean, the, the fourth down attempt at the end of the game alone where the guy was wide open. All he had to do is put it right in his bread basket and he overthrows him. Almost. It felt like a fitting end. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's, easy, it's, right play, right call, dude wide open, just put it on him and he can't take it. And it's kind of like we're talking about like wanting to get in Moss's head early and you know get him flustered. And, you know, this being, a, you know, I don't know if he's a freshman or sophomore or whatever he is, but an experienced playing time nonetheless. And, get, you know, get him, get him, you know, baffled and get him going. And here it is, you know, our quarterback who's in his like 50, you know, 537th college start who, you know, the opening drive gets a, you know, a good throw that's dropped. And I know the finger issue, I'm sure can come up if you want to make an excuse for him. But then from that point on, he looked like the Jack Plummer making mistakes that we've been frustrated with all year long. You know, underthrowing guys open, not putting it right spot when guys are, you know, you won't get mad at Jeff Brom all you want, but go back and look at how many of these guys were open. If, if we'd had Miller Moss, Maybe we win this game fifty six to twenty eight. But it wasn't necessarily like the the uh, like missing guys because he only threw four incompletions and twenty five passes. It was just like he well, was he, just, he, he was taking the simple throw. Like we we didn't even try to throw the ball down. But he went in the simple throw. Like you get a guy underneath, and yeah, he gets the completion because our, our I forget what the tight end's name makes the catch diving to the ground to get it. When if he throws a nice throw to him, he gets twelve yards. Yeah, there were a couple plays like that. I mean, that. those are those, it those, was more the fact that we just like we, there's a couple there was it was, was twenty one completions. That's like eighteen of them. Well, I don't think that's true, but I think it was like three. Uh, you know, there were it was a lot of just hey, little out to Garendo, little uh, quick little stop, six yard stop to uh, Chris Bell. We we just like the offense became so vanilla again, and I didn't really understand it. You know, he said after the game, and Jeff said after the game that the 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 broken finger didn't affect his throwing. And I'm like, well, then why aren't we? Every time we did try to take a shot downfield, it did seem like he got pressured, and you know the, the first read wasn't there, and you know that certainly was the case on the fumble. It was the case again on the the, the sack late in the game. And so I think that Jeff was kind of like, dude, we we can't move the ball. They can't stop the run. Let's just keep it as vanilla as possible. And eventually the defense is going to get a stop, and they didn't. And then because we weren't able to take the deep shot. Our touchdown drives were taking a lot of time off yeah. the clock, and and so all of a sudden you find yourself. It's like we're down two scores, and there's six minutes left. You know, we, we kind of had to to push things up, and 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 then the last throw is just Plummer missing a wide open guy, not putting it on him, which has been which would have been a touchdown. Probably would have been a touchdown. It's the case all season long. Like, but but again, like the outrage that I saw for Jack Plummer last night, it, it was the same thing I've been saying like all season long. I'm like. No, it was, he's it was, not good. Like, like, what? Why do we just, we expect him to be good out of nowhere? And then everybody's saying you've got to play somebody else, play somebody else. I mean, we hear from the co- like we don't have anybody better than Jack Plummer. I'm right not now. saying we should expect him to be consistently good, but you should you should be you should you should expect to at least have a game where he's good. We haven't had one since Boston College. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you should at least gotten at least one more game. I mean, I, I, that's the thing about Plummer. I wouldn't expect him to be, you know, a, a you know, great quarterback out 13, 14 games, out 13 games, say 10 of them. But at least say three or four, maybe. We got maybe, what, one, two? But he's not, my point is he's not, like, his arm strength isn't going to magically grow. Like, the, the, he just, he can't well, make the These problems aren't arm strength. These are accuracies. But he's not the most accurate guy well, either. Clearly. Like, like, we've seen it, we saw it from the first half of the Georgia Tech game on. Like, like that's just who he is. And it, 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 I went on that gigantic spiel, 
and I, I felt I felt dumb doing it because I did it right before the Boston College game where he threw for like 5,000 yards, and everybody was like, yeah, what's arm strength looking pretty good there, Mike, and all this stuff. And, and my whole thing this whole season long has been like, he's just like, he's a fifth-year guy, six-year guy. I understand that. Who's just, he's not overly accurate. He's got a good handle on the offense, but he, there are many, many throws out there that he just can't make. And it's like we're shocked by this every time we go out there and expect him to be somebody that he's not. And all you have to hope for is, I mean, Tyler Shuck, we need him to be the, the, the real deal. Or one of these guys that is staying in the system for another year, we need them to take a massive step forward. I mean, maybe Miller Moss wants to transfer. I, you know, that, that was the, the obvious joke to make during the game, but I was thinking the same thing, too. I'm like, man, would you like to... <laughs> I mean, there, he do you made, like he Wicks made, Pizza? There were three plays. A couple times during the game, he'd make a play and a throw, and I'm like, you know, I give to see Plummer make that throw once. Well, I mean, he's better than than Plummer. Oh, there's no doubt about that. He was very obviously better than than, than Plummer. I think he's better than any quarterback on our roster. Well, yeah. And I mean, you, you, like, everybody's saying like, well, none of these guys, you know, anybody in the roster could do what Plummer's doing, and I, I, I don't think no. they can. Like, like we've seen Brock Doman enough to know that he's like, he, he's his his arm strength is lower. Than Jack Plummer's. We know that Evan Conley, which shout to the Wild Con last night, getting it done. Like we know what he can do. Pierce Clarkson, I, I think, I, I get the intrigue. He came here fairly, fairly highly touted. I mean, there's a reason why we didn't see much of Pierce Clarkson. Like the arm, like he's got, according to everybody who's gone to practice, the worst arm strength of of the the six quarterbacks that are out there. Brady Allen, I don't think ever. Just nothing clicked for him during the beginning of the season. They don't trust him in that situation. Harrison Bailey, I don't think he can get a grasp on the the playbook. So you got what you got, and I mean, I, I trust me, I get the the common urge, the natural urge when your quarterback's playing poorly to be like, just get somebody else out there. But I, I think I don't think it was an overwhelming loyalty to Jack. I don't think it was anything like that. I think that Jeff genuinely believed that Plummer gave the team the best chance to win last night. And look, maybe we play Clarkson next year, we play Brady Allen, we play Harrison Bailey, and they just light it up, and it makes the commitment to Plummer seem that much more odd in hindsight. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Like I, I think that he was the best way. I mean, like everybody who went to practice during fall camp, and there were tons of open practices, whether they were fans or media members, fan media, whatever they were, everybody said the exact same thing, which is the quarterback position, it's Plummer, and then like a five-tier drop. To the next best quarterback, like he was heads and shoulders above everybody else out there, and I, like, I don't think that much changed over the course of three months. Um, having said that, we need a massive upgrade at the quarterback position. There's no way around it. He was not good enough. If he was a little bit better, we probably win 12 games this year. We definitely win 11 games this year. Um, it, it's frustrating to not see a Brom offense do the types of things that you want to see a Brom offense do. It's frustrating to see open throws all over the field that he just cannot make. And last night there certainly was uh, was their fair share of that. And all you have to do, all we can do moving forward is hope that whoever, like, like I mean, I said it during the summer, like what I'd heard was they feel pretty good about things. They're worried about the quarterback position. They think this is going to be the worst they, they are at that spot and in a lot of spots. You have to hope that when we look back at the Jeff Brom era and it's 35 years with 22 national titles, that Jack Plummer, God love him, was the worst quarterback we had, right? I mean, that's the hope moving forward is that we're, we're always better at that position from this point forward. Maybe help you get some receivers and get them more wide open. That would be nice. I mean, we I had mean, some drops. I mean, even of the few de- of the few times they tried to go deep, which I mean, I can name them on one hand from last night. Will we take two shots? I think. I, I, 
think two, yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to say there was a third. Was it third maybe? He but threw I, the one to Bell down the left sideline that was well defended. Yeah, and then the other one was a Thompson who was well defended as well, who couldn't get didn't get open. And yeah. He, yeah. he may have had a chance and could could have maybe caught it. But, that was three of the incompletions right there, and, and the other one was And the other the, was, uh, who was open, technically. Was the I low mean, throw. But it was still, I mean, yeah, it was just, it's, it was very frustrating, yes, when very frustrating last night. Let me ask you the question, and I did the, the Rutherford Show question of the day, which I do every day, of course, on, on Twitter. The, the question of the day that comes up. I love uh, the question of the day. It comes up once every two months. But I think it's it's an interesting discussion. It's an obvious question, but I think it's an interesting one as far as the, the season goes. So Louisville, 10-1 and at one point where – Jeff Brom's finalist for Coach of the Year awards, all this stuff. You know, we're we're talking about we're in one of eight teams left in the playoff discussion, and then it ends ten and four with three close but disappointing losses. And USC, I mean, I guess four, two touchdowns isn't overly close, but two uh, FSU and UK, you felt like you had a real shot there. You felt like you maybe should have had those games, and then USC just a disappointing effort in a bowl game. What do you grade this season now? Because it, I, I think. You can't say a ten and four year with three losses to end is a special season. It's not one of the the, the five best seasons in Louisville football history, which is what we were discussing when we were ten and one. But you also can't say like you know, I mean, going into the year, if you told anybody that we're going to win ten games, they'd be like, "Damn, what a fantastic first season for Jeff Brom." So, what's your grade for, think, for think this I'm, this year? Think B plus. I, I think that's fair. I, I don't want to say a minus because, <clears throat> I mean, that's yeah. I'm going to go B plus. So I, I think it, it does deserve the plus still. So I gave four choices. I gave A to A minus. I gave B to B plus. Mm-hmm. B minus to C plus, and then the fourth choice is just worse than that. Well, I don't. That's, that's and I think that the you know I, I'm not surprised that B to B plus is the overwhelming choice right now. It's getting 68.5 percent of uh, almost a thousand votes. A to A minus is second with 18.3 percent. B minus to C plus is 11.4 percent, and then worse is only 1.8 percent, which I think is UK like three fans. UK fans. Yeah. My like my only thought is because I'm with you. Like my my initial inclination is to say B plus. I I think though if you'd gone to like August Mike and said, "Hey man, we're gonna win ten games this year," I would have been like, "That's at least an A minus ten win season." Like in Jeff Brom's first year, we haven't won ten games in in a decade. That's an A minus type season in a place like Louisville. And and I do wonder if the results had been inverted a little bit if we'd finished super strong. And maybe started a little bit slower. If we'd all be like, if we had started one and three with with three understandable but still frustrating losses, and then won our last uh, you know nine games or ten games or whatever it would have been, I, I wonder if like I feel like everybody would be like, well, this is an A minus type season, and it's just like you have that recency bias, you have that that recency effect where it's tough to get over the fact that we ended this season with such a whimper and also losing to your arch rival when. You had had such a better season than they did. And for me, Florida State who was our big, to me, our biggest ACC rival, and Florida State playing like without basically without an offense in that game, just it was super super frustrating. I feel like you have to go. I have to go B plus, but I do wonder if I'm being unfair because I think going into the season, if you told me we're going to win ten games, play for a conference championship, I'd be like, damn, that's an A minus season. I don't care how the losses, wins and losses. Um, well, I think play I think out. that does should matter. I mean, it, it, I mean, would you? Would, would you still be an A minus if the losses you weren't know, worked to Kentucky and to say USC in the bowl, but they were to Indiana and Boston College? So worse teams, but they sting less. Yeah, I mean it, it feels unfair to bump it up to an A minus when I, you I, lose to beat to teams like, that are worse I feel than like UK we're, and USC. You're doing tomato tomato here yeah. on that one. I mean it's just 
I mean, we still, for the record, we still went two and one versus ranked teams this year. No, I mean, I'm just saying, uh, before the season, I would have been like, I don't care who you win or lose to, 10 games is an A-minus season with this team and with Jeff Brom in, in year one, and now I'm sitting here, and because it's the, the sting of the last three games, and because you know we're, we're less than 24 hours removed from the last loss, where we just we, we did not play well last night, and it's sitting with me a little bit. I mean, I'm like, yeah, it can't be an A-minus. Don't respect the, 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 the B-plus, man. The B-plus brings a lot, of, a lot of prestige to it. Hey, B-plus, yeah. I mean, I mean you know what I'd give to get a B-plus in, in school? I hear you. I hear you. And I, you know what? And if you talk about the coaching, I don't know. Maybe he should be an A minus because in the last three games we see how good a job he did camouflaging the quarterback and receiving. Well, not receiving court too much because Thrash, I think when healthy, did give us a weapon. But the, the plumber, the plumber, the limitations he really did have, as we saw as the years went along, and how the fact that we were able to, to win a lot of close games. That's if anything you want to go just by coaching. I mean, maybe they should be an A minus. Yeah, I mean, the offense changed dramatically when Jawar and Jamari had the injuries. More Having said that— Mostly thrash, I think, because we, we did have Gorendo to go to, at least. We did, but, I mean, the, the offense was at its most dynamic when, oh, yeah, when Jawar yeah. was, was fully healthy. Having yeah. said that, I mean, I think maybe you could say that we were overly reliant on Jamari and Jawar at the beginning of the season, and that's what happens when you're overly reliant on one or two specialty players and they get dinged up, which will happen in football. I don't know. Let's take a break. I've got a couple other big picture questions to talk about. We'll recap the, the 2023 Louisville football season, maybe a thought or two left on the Holiday Bowl, and then at the top of the hour, we'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition here on 1450 and 961, The Big X. Yesterday, all my trouble seemed so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, I believe in yesterday Suddenly I'm not half the man I used to be Sometimes you picture me I'm walking too far ahead Short of the first down line If you're lost, you can look and uh, you will find me Time after time That's pretty good though, I like that That was a good one I was just jumping in, I was like, no, he's, he's got him on a roll, I got it I'm gonna let, <laughs> let him roll here I'm like, the Germans? He's on a roll. Let him go. Just let him roll. <laughs> Welcome back in. Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, 1450 96 won the Big X. Break up sound songs today. <laughs> yeah. P- putting a bow on the 2023 Louisville football season, which unfortunately ends with a 42 to 28 Holiday Bowl loss to USC, in which the cards just looked, uh, you know, inferior to USC's JV team, a USC team that was 7 and 5 this past year, 5 and 4 in the Pac 12. And it was a, a disappointing end to what had otherwise been a good. I think you can say not great season now. We're talking about the grades. Uh, you know, how do you view this season overall? Try to view big picture. It's hard to do when we're caught in this moment where you're coming off a loss and you're coming off three losses. Really, uh, it sort of changes things. But I, I still think overall, the good outweighed the bad for this season. It doesn't remove this thing. It doesn't remove. It doesn't absolve this staff from criticism of not finishing the way that you would have liked to have finished. But you can't just poo-poo 10 wins. You can't just gloss over going 7-1 and in the conference and playing in the conference championship game for the first time since joining this league. 
I do think at the end of the day, I think it's more simple than we're probably making it out to be. As far everybody wants to know what went wrong, you know, what what was different, and all this stuff. The analytics, the you know, the, the S and P ratings, the FPI, all, all these numbers, things out there, which typically I think have have put us higher than the human polls have in recent years. They all said this season, even when we were ranked in like the the, the top twelve, the top uh, top fifteen, they all said we were more like a twenty eight to thirty five range type team. And I think at the end of the day, that's probably the best explanation for you know why did things change so dramatically at the end of the year. Maybe they didn't, and we just kind of regressed to the norm. We won a ton of close games over some not great teams and, and, and a few close games over some pretty good teams. At the end of the day, I think we probably were more like the 30th best team in the country than the 15th best team in the country. There is a, I think you saw it against some of the teams that have recruited better than us over the years. You have to put Kentucky in that category. Certainly uh, USC, certainly Florida State. At times, there was just a talent gap. Other the other the team on the other side had bigger, faster, better players, and there's only so much scheming you can do, especially when you which, have a limited which quarterback. Which props to Brom then? I mean, because like you said, yeah. I mean, I, I think if you're saying that, like yeah. you, you have to look at the fact that winning ten games with a team that doesn't you know, look. I mean, we've had teams in the past that have been loaded with future NFL guys. That's been kind of the the norm recently. I mean, you know, there's probably. One or two guys that are going to get drafted off this team. No, the offense, really. Yeah, Jamari will probably hear his name called in the NFL mm-hmm. draft. Um, I think Ashton would have if he'd come out. He certainly yeah. will whenever I mean, he does come out. Defensively, you'll hear some, but offensively, I mean, Jamari, maybe. I, I, it would probably be after the fourth round, if so. I mean, yeah, I saw I he got a sixth-round grade from, uh, yeah. I think, somebody recently. I mean, you got to be special going around back in the first three rounds nowadays anyway. But. Yeah, well, he's a wide receiver. Oh, I was. I meant. Uh, talking Jamar. Jor, 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 I, yeah. I don't think Jawar will get drafted. I don't, I, he might. I don't think. He I don't will. even know. Jamar might. I guess. Yeah. I mean, That's what I'm saying. Jamari got the sixth round grade sorry. recently. Uh, Jawar. I don't think. I haven't seen anybody with him in their mock drafts. I could see him going in sixth or seventh round because of the speed factor alone. He could. I mean, a lot of it will depend on you know pro day and combine and stuff like that. But like my point is like we don't have it. It's not like 2013, 2012 when you had multiple dudes yeah. that you knew were going to be first or second round draft picks. And even in, in 2016, 2017, we had Lamar, we had Jair, you know, we had Mackay Becton a year after him. We, like, we've, we've had teams that have been loaded with, with top-notch talent. This group, not quite as much. And I think at the end of the day, and it sucks that it happened at the end of the year when the stakes are the highest, and, and certainly you don't want to lose a rivalry game or these two games where you have more of a national audience than you've had at any other point in the season with the conference championship and the bowl game against USC – but I think it was just kind of us starting to play back to our talent level. Now, there were certain things. like I thought the play calling was a little bit weird at times last night. I didn't understand. I mean, the end of the first half decision-making has been the one thing that I just haven't really gotten with Jeff all year long. Like, we we try to push it downfield with six seconds or like 20 seconds left against Georgia Tech at our own 15. We throw a pick and give them a chance to kick a field goal. That was weird. And then we do kind of the opposite last night where we have the ball at the 40, and you know, if you hit a big play down the middle, we, we we had we had a timeout left at that point. You could try a long field goal from Brock, who's got the leg to get it there from fifty three or so. And instead, we run like a little bubble screen. It gets blown up, and then we just run the clock out. I yeah, thought that was like he, that sounds like a learning lesson. Of not, yeah, not knowing what to do from 
making the mistake at Georgia Tech and realizing you shouldn't have made that mistake. But, but the situation was totally different. Like we were at the we were on our own ten against Georgia Tech. Yeah, but unfortunately, we were at the forty all season. What makes you think the Plumber's going to make a deep throw down the, down the seam? Well, what if he doesn't? Who cares? Like, like mean, the, you he know, throws a pick and he gets returned for a touchdown. Maybe. I mean, the, the odds of him throwing a pick deep down the field and somebody returning at seventy five yards are slim, and you're down by two touchdowns at that point. Mm-hmm. I think that the risk outweighs the reward, and him not doing that, I thought was super strange. I think a lot of people were like, "What? What the hell was that?" And then, I mean, the, the other one, us punting from their 36 on fourth down, fourth and nine, I get that it's, you know, at that point, kind of a, we probably have like a 20, 25% chance of converting, but we just kick it straight into the end zone. We net 16 yards of field position. Their first pass play, they complete like a 21-yard pass, and so it's like, oh, well, that already wiped out. Like, I, I just, I, especially in a bowl game where you're supposed to be kind of letting it loose and, and you know, going crazy. Like, we just, we didn't do any of that last night. I mean, you saw the, it was strange. In the last possession we had on the fourth down, it was fourth and what, six, I think, fourth or seven. Even Gus Johnson's like, I don't know if this is, this might be too far for Plummer. Well, I did love I mean, on, on, like, on third and nine. Even when, he's realizing it. On, on third and nine, when Joel Klatt's like, he's going to have to throw it downfield and let it loose a little bit here. And he throws like a two yard pass to Garendo right as he's saying that. I was like, well, maybe he does. Jack Plummer's like, I'll see you and I'll raise you a dump down to Garendo. I mean, but I think a lot of. I think you saw Brom, who. And they kept, they kept bringing up, you know, how he's, he's different. He's not you know, airing it out. And I'm thinking. At some point, you think I would think that somebody in the research department would say, "Well, he inherited a running team, which is what a good coach does. He doesn't just try to force his, you know, his his style into a team that's not built for him." But then again, we're talking about Gus Johnson, who couldn't even get the right high school where Miller Moss went to. Yeah, and to be fair, like Jeff did, I think tried to to put together a roster that was going to be a passing team. I, he, he gets Jamari Thrash, he gets Kevin Coleman, two of the bigger wide receivers in the portal. He brings in Plummer, who had thrown the ball a ton at Cal. And I think he, like, I think Jeff went into the season. You can see it from the first four games, the way that he called games, wanting to be more of a throwing team than we wound up being. And just in, in the middle of the year, it kind of became a deal where he's like, "All right, like this guy's just not good enough." I don't think it was really. I think it was like Indiana game. I mean, well, I mean, of, like we threw it. We still the, the Boston College game was after that. Like, yeah, like, we but, threw it. A, he wanted to throw the ball a ton. Even the pit game, like we he threw it like fifty five times and probably threw it more than we should have in the first half when it was still a game that was in hand. And then after that, I really felt like he was like, all right, like this just the, – the best thing from a win-loss perspective is to put my pride aside and just use the passing game to just set up the run the whole season long. And that's kind of what we did from that point forward. In kind of a similar fashion – I'm not – never want to compare Satterfield to, to Brom, but we talked about this in Satterfield's type of offenses over the last couple of years. Like, run, run, run. If you don't hit that one big play, yeah. you're screwed. And – we kind of got caught into. The, I mean, you saw that with with this team not only just last last night, but just kind of the year went along in the last part of the season where, you know, if and it's true. I mean, it doesn't just go for Satterfield's offense. It's any anybody who's going to run be kind of a run offense. If you can't make the defense think that you can at least hit that one deep ball, then they're just going to put nine guys in the box. And and yeah, you can still if you're good good enough offense, you know, running the ball, you can still do a little bit did last night, despite you know USC basically saying we're going to put all these guys in the box, we're just not going to hit the edge. You still got. He still got hit, and we could not do. We just couldn't. Plumber couldn't even could not get those even those few ones, those few big plays. I was surprised the underneath plays. I I was surprised though that we didn't still take more because he came out and Jeff obviously he knows that the USC defense is thinking like we're not going to let them just run it on us all night and we're you know we're gonna we're gonna play up and if they beat us over the top then so be it and so he calls what I thought was a really great first play call and Amari Huggins Bruce just can't make a catch that he needs to, to make. And so I'm thinking, all right, well, we're going to mix it up. All in the first drive, we kind of did. We were, we were throwing the ball a decent amount. It was setting up the run, and Garendo was just getting 
eight yards every single time he gets his hands on the ball. And and then we kind of just went away from that. And, and I get that it was working. Like, this wasn't a... I know Plummer's mistakes are glaring, and it's frustrating for Louisville fans who, not just because it's Jeff here, but because we, we've grown accustomed over the years of having to having a great quarterback and being more of a pass-heavy offense. It's what we know, and it's what we, like I think, want. So, <laughs> excuse me. So it's frustrating for us to sit back there and see the lack of a passing game. But last night, like if the defense had done anything, it could have been a different game. Like I, I put more on the defense than I do the offense last night. The offense wasn't great, but we still were having success by giving the ball to Isaac. And with some of these simple passes, it, it, we just needed the defense to get us one stop, and they couldn't do it. And secondary was lost. Secondary was terrible, and I, I don't really we get it. We tried to get pressure. I thought we were getting to him, but he, I mean, he made great throws. When Miller, we did. Miller did a good job, kind of you know sliding left, right, getting getting the throw off. I mean, like I said, the one on the on the missed field goal drive. I mean, I can't remember who it was now. Come to Miller, he took a shot. I mean, yeah. he, he hit the guy right in his face. Lole hit him one time. And it was a, it was a kind of a, I don't want to say a lucky throw, but it was you know he just kind of he got it up there and he, he threw it past the fingertips of our linebacker and the guy caught it. And, you know, ran down the field. That that one might have been more lucky than, than good, but sometimes that's all you need. But most of the time, he was still under pressure. I mean, the one the, the touchdown he threw up in the lob in the corner of the end zone, where he's getting you know flushed out, but yet our I think it was Storm Duck. Who just was, I guess forgot. It was to start. always Storm Duck. I guess Storm just forgot to guard him. I mean, he's just like, I don't know. I just, I think Storm was, was ready to call it a career in, on college football last night. Like he just, <laughs> his pro football grade, I think was his pro football focus grade was like twenty nine point eight percent, which is just abysmal. He was, Devin Neal was was, I mean, and Devin Neal's Neal been good this lot. year. They brought him up all the time too. Well, because he's more of a, I know he's a ball hawk. He, he's made a lot of interceptions, but he's he came here as more of kind of a. a a tackler than, than than a cover guy. So was Cameron Kelly, and last night, I mean, he just could. <laughs> it was like our safeties expected extra safe, like a double safety help over the top. I was like, what What are we doing? Like they just and um, remember the the uh, who was the tight end who beat us deep? Deuce um, Deuce Robinson. Deuce Robinson who, who for a long who time dro- we thought dropped was the come one here. who dropped the one third down on that would set up the field goal attempt. He was the guy that for a long time people were talking about he was going to come here and play baseball and yeah. football and and he just destroyed Devin Neal, who, like, you know, you'd think Neal would be be able to keep a step with him. But it felt like, I mean, Brownlee was okay when he was in there. Storm Duck was was terrible. Brownlee's the one that missed the the chance of the pick six. He did, but he made the right read. No, he did. I'm not not blaming him. Yeah, he was better with Anzi, but on offense, right? Quincy was great, but he was the only player in the secondary that did anything. Yeah. Everybody else just got dominated. And there were a couple of questions about Quincy Riley last night that people were, you know, he, he has a year to come back if he wants to. And... I know the staff is trying hard to get Isaac Garendo. Um, I saw Bilal Powell last night tweet out, and he's got a relationship with these guys that, that Garendo's coming out for the draft. Uh, we'll see if that's if that's the case. Bilal would, I, I think he would, he'd probably know. I'm assuming that's coming from Garendo. I don't know if that's recent because Garendo, he liked Jawar Jordan, had told everybody for the, the last month or so of the season, like, hey, this is going to be it. I'm done with college football. But I think the staff still felt like they had a shot to talk to Garendo and kind of get him back in. With Quincy, it's kind of the same thing. I, I think if the NIL's right, if he can get a little bit of a boost, then he could potentially come back for next year, which would be enormous. I, I think you're getting Devin Neal back as well, which seemed like a great thing until last night, and you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe we need some upgrades there. But the secondary needs to get better. Even if you bring Quincy back, it's, it's pretty clear. One guy can't just be a world beater and keep an opposing team from throwing for six touchdowns because we saw that firsthand last night. They've got to upgrade a little bit at cornerback. They've already gotten a couple guys to come in. Hopefully they can step up because the the secondary last night just 
could not have looked worse. It would have been nice if Taj Washington had said, you know, I'm declaring for the draft. I don't want to play in this game. But damn him for loving football so yeah, it was much. Yesterday, it was the guy I was like, is he playing tonight? I don't remember. I think we know now. He was – he looked uh, – he looked awfully good. He, he was. He's we, a good receiver. Cover. He is. I mean, he's he's really good. Those are the types of guys where, you know, last night it was just apparent. There have been a couple of games this year where the other team just had dudes that we didn't have an answer for, and, and, and not that just was the case. And not just night. receiver. I mean, like the throw to Jacoby Lane over over our two guys to the. I mean, that's that's a throw that that you know we we would never have made all year long. No, you're right. I mean, that was just it was you know that, that was an NFL throw, and that was the one that we're we're just we haven't we weren't fortunate enough to see. If we're gonna, if it comes to the funds, and this is not, listen, I'd love to have Grendel back, but I'll take that money and put it all in the defensive back. I, I think we can find, some, we can find a running back. I was a little bit. I mean, those holes. I mean, there was a lot of holes. I nothing against Isaac. I'm just saying there was a lot of. There were, but Maurice Turner couldn't hit him. That's so. well, he, he hit a couple, but you he know. didn't do much. And that was that was sort of frustrating. I mean, because Jeff Brom had said explicitly, like we want to get the ball to Maurice Turner a lot. We we, we feel like he's going to be maybe the focal point of the offense next year. We want to get his confidence going, and they tried, and it was just like it became obvious in the second quarter. Like he doesn't have it, and Isaac does. Like Isaac is is seeing the holes. And that's been the one issue with Maurice Turner consistently when he's played the last two years. Because he's over there. He's super fast. He the, the vision is lacking. Yeah. Like he just seems to he bounces it outside when there's nothing there. He doesn't cut it inside when there's something there. Like that's I don't know how much of that you can teach in an offseason, but that's if he's going to be running back number one next year, then that's going to have to get better. But speaking of bringing in guys, there was a story that broke right before we came on the air. A Toledo running back Penny Boone who was the MAC Offensive Player of the Year this past season, seventh in the country with 1,400 total rushing yards this past season. He's down to three choices for next season. How about this? Florida State, Kentucky, and Louisville. <laughs> Stakes are pretty high there for us against two kind of rivals, two teams that that ruined the end of our regular season. But Didn't Kentucky play Toledo this year? I don't know. But he, he would be a massive add for us, for sure. And I think a guy that you would plug in as your, your number one running back. I, I don't know if... Us going that hard after him kind of says what you need to, to know about Isaac Rendo and their hope of him coming back, but maybe it does. If you can land him, that would be a big addition for next season. I'd be okay with that. I know who you're talking about. The one, the most disappointing part of last night's game to me, and I know you talked about like you know Mills made some really good throws with pressure, but the lack of a consistent pass rush last night I, I thought was shot. We, we didn't have one sack in the game, and that was kind of an issue for us against Kentucky. We just didn't get home. One of the reasons why our defense was so effective in the first seven, eight games of the year was we didn't have to do anything tricky. Like uh, we, we would rush for basic defense and have good coverage, and our pass rush was getting home. Like Ashton Delato was killing guys. Uh, Mason Ryger was getting there. Ramon Perrier, Jermaine Lole when he started playing more. And in the last few games of the season, Florida State, I think, being the exception because they we, we didn't respect their pass game at all, we just – we're letting quarterbacks kind of sit back there and pick us apart, and that definitely happened last night. I was surprised by it. I don't know if we sit back. I thought we did. There was times we got some pressure on them. I just only when we brought heat, though. Yeah, it's true. I Not mean, with our traditional pass rush, and and, and, just, and he just was just kind of burning it every time too. Usually finding the guy open on on the seam or right there at the, the and not making and not making a tackle right away doesn't help as well. They tackled it felt like a lot yeah. better. Like I, we just did not get a lot of. Like you said, offensively, we've tried to go a lot of the underneath bubble stuff, and that works when you, you can make a guy miss. And we just we didn't do that at all last last night. I mean, I don't think anybody made a, a got a missed tackle on them, which is crazy since the, they hadn't held an opponent to less than thirty two points since September. 
I I I, I know. And that, the last team, the lowest total they've given up all year was the Utah. And that was a team that averaged like 16 points a game. Yeah. And that, you remember what Utah's quarterbacks, we talk about our quarterback situation. Utah's quarterback situation was a was a hot mess. And then they, they still put up 34 on them. They did. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it was very frustrating. It, 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 it's even like you said, when we're putting pressure on them and we are getting to them and they're still completing 30 yards down the field. I mean, that's just, that's the defense. That's that's the secondary watching the, the backfield and not paying attention to what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, the last team they held below 30 points was Arizona State who? on September 23rd in a 42-28 to 28 win. That was Arizona week- State who ended up 3-9 and nine this season and in second to last in the Pac-12. And that was in week four, right? Or week three? Yeah, week four. Yeah, because Arizona State actually here. improved after that. Got it. Well, did they? Well, but compared to that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> three wins. So, yeah, I guess they got a little better. We'll go to break. Four o'clock hours up next. Your text at 502 414 It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on the Big X. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be The Big X Sports Radio. WXVW. On shop today. You don't seem to know, you seem to care what your heart is for. Well, I don't know him anymore. There's nothing where he used to lie. The conversation has run dry. That's what's going on. Nothing's fine and torn. I'm on the face. This is how I feel. Are you really taking this loss hard? I haven't, even, I, haven't even, I haven't even pulled up the big guns yet. The music has been a downer today. Like Friday, usually you're like, don't, don't give me depressing in the five o'clock. I don't know if I can do that today. You know what? You know, maybe about five o'clock hour, maybe I, maybe I'll wake up a little bit. Okay. I'll I'll I'll, I'll shed the, uh, the 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 skin of the of the depressed and and move, and, and rise like the phoenix. You are a snake. <laughs> That's what people say. <laughs> One of the weird, uh, one of the weirdest things about last night's result. This is why, you know, good luck doing the ranking teams in college football in such a limited sample size with so many teams out there and trying to use, you know, this team beat so team A, A beat B and so B beat C and so this is like Notre Dame played three games in October. They lost to us. Fairly handily, a game that I think both sides can say we we thoroughly manhandled them, thirty three to twenty. The next week they host USC, they win forty eight twenty. They then play Pitt and they win fifty eight to seven. So they beat those teams, Pitt and USC, by a combined score of one hundred and six to twenty seven. We lose to Pitt by seventeen, and we get kind of manhandled by USC in the bowl game. Good luck trying to make sense of that. Uh, I, I think this just goes to show. Notre Dame, like the seventh best team in the ACC, is what I would say. Well, I, mean, I don't know if you know. I think they, they replayed like on AC Network the U of L a, a big uh, Notre Dame game. I think it was on Christmas Eve or oh, did they? Christmas Day, and it was, it was like it was like they came out at like midnight. I ended up watching the, almost the whole game again. I mean, that's the. <laughs> I, I, am I fair? Is it fair to say like that's probably the high point of the the twenty twenty three year for Louisville sports fans? Is that game? Well, yeah, I mean it's it's. I don't think the women's basketball team going to the Elite Eight was cool. Like, that was fun. Oh, you're talking about the whole side? Uh, no, the whole not, ca- not, the calendar year. Oh, oh man. Um, I don't think anything was better than that that game. Uh, let me 
think other than this, well, because we hired Brom actually last year, right? It was, yeah. it was over a year ago. Yeah, so it was in December. So but I mean, yeah. like, you know, that's a big time event. People were tailgating the national TV audience on ABC, storming the field, all that stuff. I feel like you know we're undefeated at that point in time. Like I, I feel like that was the high point of the year for Louisville sports. Fans. What about what did didn't the volleyball team make the made the elite eight? Lost the elite eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm trying to. Yeah. The, the fact uh, that you didn't remember, I think, goes to show that that's probably not a good. Well, no, I, could, I was trying to think of. <laughs> I remember. I keep I keep remembering the volleyball season ended like at the beginning of last beginning of the year or what? I, I last forget. year's the championship game was in December. It's always it always oh, okay. ends. In so, okay, never yeah. mind. Then. Okay, that's that's where I was confused. I couldn't remember technically like we made the final four in January or something. I don't. Know. No, I mean it was a weird year for U of L sports. Yeah. We're talking just the calendar year because women's basketball it was they weren't as good as they had been the last few years, but they still made it to the elite eight. And, and then it was they got, kind of a Cinderella run a little. It bit. It was. I mean, they also got a little bit of a break in, in yeah. the, the bracket, and they ended up get blasted by Iowa and Caitlin Clark. Which sucked, but still was understandable. No, yeah. no shame in losing that game. Baseball has its worst year, maybe or more, most disappointing year, certainly yeah. of the Dan McDonald era. So there's no summer fun there. We're not even talking about basketball. Uh, basketball happened. It didn't exist. Men's basketball was taking place. It's like when Brian's talking in the family guy. We, we it didn't happen. The punch was invited. That was the saddest. Like, this is the saddest part of last night. So the game ends, and like I'm pissed. Everyone's pissed. Like I make sure the write ups get out in Card Chronicle. I watch the post game pressers, and then when that's over, like I go upstairs, like take a shower, go to bed, and it's like there's no there's no avoiding it anymore. We're going to get smacked in the face how by much, basketball for the next three months. I mean, how much longer until baseball starts again? It felt just like <laughs> the same analogy I made yesterday. It felt like when you had winter break as a kid, and after New Year's, it's like, well, I've just kind of been avoiding the fact that I've got to go back to school now, but it's coming. I'm going I'm to have to go. You know, that math class that I was failing last uh, last quarter, it's coming back. Uh, this is going to be rough. Now, I've just kind of been acting like it doesn't exist. And that's sort of where we are with basketball. We've got uh, we've got less than a week now before the cards take the floor again. And as I rake my brain, oh boy, I think, I think I'm going to agree with you. I think yeah, Notre Dame was probably the highlight of the. I think it had to it being the fact it was the highlight of the football season, which was the highlight sport of the school over the calendar year. Then yeah, I think so. Either that or the Karan Davis saga. <laughs> well, that's definitely the funniest <laughs> part of the year. Th- One of my favorite days on radio. Yeah, but funny. But funny. But it's funny and sad aren't the same as good. I mean, depressingly funny. Yeah, I mean, gallows humor. But for it was sure. o- it was only depressingly it was only funny depressingly funny because we were like, how much lower can we go? I mean, it's it just it was just sad. Yeah. Our, our Rutherford Show question of the day. We do it every day. By the way, it was the what? How do you grade Louisville's twenty twenty three football season? Still the overwhelming favorite. We got about fourteen hundred votes. Uh, B to B plus is getting sixty seven point eight percent of the vote. A to A minus is getting nineteen point five percent. B to C plus is B minus to C plus is getting eleven percent, and then worse is getting one point seven. I think if if I'd had to guess going into the before the, the poll was posted, I would have probably guessed that this was, would be the order that B to B plus would would be first. Yeah, a to A minus would be second, and then A. I mean B is always kind of the safety grade when you're picking something, right? I mean, Especially in this moment. Like, yeah. Can you can you can you argue me? Whether you believe it or not, like, can you can you defend to me an A minus or A? I think you can. can. Can you right now to me, like sure. in this moment, like let's, let's get that two years of law school up to grade and see how it works. Exhibit A, Jeff Brom's first season. Have not this program has not won ten games in a year in a full decade. Twenty thirteen was the last time that it happened. Exhibit B, this team was picked to finish seventh in the ACC or eighth in the ACC going into the year, a bottom half of the conference team. 
They end up finishing second. They go 7-1, and one, tied for their best finish in, since joining the league in 2014, play for a conference championship for the first time since joining the league and their first conference championship game of any sort ever. They beat two nationally ranked teams in the season for just the second time ever. Um, you know, they end up playing in a conference championship game. It's hard to say, well, they had four losses. Well, they played an extra game because they played Florida State, who went undefeated. No shame in losing that game. Um, I mean, I think that that's right there is enough evidence to potentially say a minus. Go watch the highlights of Jack Plummer and didn't, didn't come back and go, how did you win 10 games? There's your A. I, I do think it, like if I ask this question, the same exact question three months from now, if we did this in March, I think the the order uh, of results would be the same, but I think it'd be a little bit closer between the A to A minus and B to B plus. I think like you'd get like maybe 49% B to B plus and more like 30% A to A minus. Because I think right now the sting of the end of the season and I get it. it yeah, it's but is still, it still strong enough to like drop you to a C plus or no, no, no. no. I, I'm saying I think that's it's dropping people from an A minus to like a B to B plus. Okay, well, yeah, I guess yeah. I think it'd be closer. I, I think B to B plus will still be the most common answer. I'm not necessarily disagreeing because that's where I would be right now. But I think when time, you know, re- removes the the thorn from the rose and we start like looking at this season more. I don't want to know more objectively or just maybe with more, more rosy colored glasses. When we get further away from this end of the year, I think more people will be like, yeah, 10 wins in year one. That's an A minus effort. You're right. And for the record, every rose does have a thorn. But I, I, like you said, I think, I think you may mention this in passing earlier. But like if you, like beginning of the year, like you said, you go up to one of us before the Georgia Tech game and say, 10 and four. I'm not going to tell you the, 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 how it plays out, who wins who. Well, you just say 10 wins. Just 10 wins. You would say an A minus. A minus yeah. would be the lowest grade I think any Louisville fan would give. For sure. I any mean, of them. I thought we were going to go eight and four, was my prediction. If you told me they're going to win 10 games, I'd be like, damn. That's yeah, that, that's an A minus. And by me. the way, if Trey had watched the game at Cluckers like he does all his big games, we would have won. Maybe Trey wasn't so selfish. And like, I think he was out there playing. I think that may have been Trey quarterback. <laughs> there was a point when I saw that picture you talked about on the, on the log flume. I want to take him, like, do the, uh, what's the, the favorite meme? Like, I'm going to tell my kids, this is so, I was like, I want to tell my kids, this is Jack Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that FaceTime with, with Jeff Brom. Uh, might as well, but I mean, he would, I mean, would, would Gus have noticed? Gus just seemed like he just, he, he, he Gus couldn't have cared less about he the He half-assed that broadcast, right? I mean, oh, 100%. Just me or, okay. He was, he was happy to be in San Diego, but he was not happy to be at that game. Like, he, yeah, he just, he, I, I've never saw like he could care, he, like, he could care less. Yeah, like. The fact, especially when he screwed up the the Miller Moss stuff. Yeah, like when he first comes out and he's like the high school and he like pauses for like thirty seconds. He goes, Jackie Robinson. I'm like, okay, I don't know if he deserved to that. <laughs> he needed a two minute pause to give that. And then the best part about was on top of it, it was the wrong high school. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Then when he's confusing our white quarterbacks, he's like, I don't know, they all look alike to me. He's, I don't think he, he like wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> no, just could not have cared. No, except when Barry was there. Barry got there. He was the he, he was a whole new man. Yeah, he was he was definitely six to midnight. <laughs> uh, let's take some. T- by the way, last thing, and then we'll take some text. Uh, you may have been upset with the way that that the season ended, but Jeff Brom, even though I think he's disappointed with the way the season ended, still a lucrative year for him. Putting some coin in his pocket, putting some years on his contract. Uh, with Louisville going ten and four and going to the ACC championship game, Jeff Brom made eight hundred thousand dollars in bonuses and had two automatic one-year contract extensions to his deal that are said to be worth a combined $13.5 million. Well so, deserved. pretty good year for Jeff Brom, according to the way that his contract was laid out there. All right, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. 
Download the refreshing rewards app from Thornton. Save yourself some money at the pump. Save yourself some money inside. Anytime you stop into one of this area's 42,260 Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. Do that, then text us, 502-414-1450. Texture says, what a disgraceful performance last night against an average USC team that's already in 1-2-3 Cancun mode, playing second and third stringers and zero defense. Everyone in the Louisville locker room, especially Jeff Brom, should be ashamed of themselves right now. I don't think they were in like 1-2-3 Cancun mode. They seemed like they wanted – they play after, especially after the first drive or after they got the first touchdown, they look like a team that was realizing that no one was talking about them and heard the stuff that they weren't going to care and looked like they had a chip on their shoulder personally. Yeah, they looked like they wanted it more yeah. than we did, which was I, – I was surprised. I was I surprised mean, by a lot of things. I, I, even the, like we said the Bucs broadcast until like – I think it was the whole first quarter. Like, they, I don't even think they mentioned Lincoln Riley. I mean, it was all about Louisville, all about Braum coming home, and which is great. It's, it's awesome. I love the, the spotlight, but you, know, you got to kind of back it up too a little bit on the field. Did you end up getting eggnog, by the way? What am I going to do with, like, three cartons of eggnog, by the way? Did you now? really get it? No. Because Lincoln Riley, I saw the video today of him getting doused in eggnog. If, we, if we'd if we come back and went, I would have gone to the store and picked it up and done it. But I was kind of glad I didn't stop on the store on the way. I really— Because I almost texted you last night as a joke. I was going to be like, what the hell am I going to do with all this bleeping eggnog now? As poorly as we were playing for that game, even when it was 35-21, I kept thinking we were going to come back and win. Like, I really did. Like, everyone's all doom and gloom. I'm like, you guys are going like, to, you know, just, just hang in there. This USC defense sucks. We're going to make the plays. The defense is finally going to step up and get a stop. And I really thought after the Quincy Riley pick, which I think if he, I think he scores if he just doesn't cut it up. I don't know. He, he should have been able to outrun anyway. them. We did, but still, I was like, hey, what are you doing? I, I really thought that we were going to win the game, and it just it just did not happen. I mean, the, the, the Riley pick said it because we go down 28-7, I, I would have. Well, more. that would have been 35-14, which would have been. Okay. Because it was the start of the third quarter. That's right. You're, 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 that would have been. We would have been done for sure. Yeah. Texture says the KP Mafia came from Bra- for Brom's scalp last night. Idiots, Chris the Plumber. Uh, th- there were is that, is that what those are? Is that KP Mafia? Is this there were some tweets Brom? last night that were doing the whole like, you guys have been uh, after Kenny Payne. I hope you bring that same pressure and criticism of Jeff Brom. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> if I got a 14 on my ACT, what does that person get a nine? There were, yeah, there were there were a <laughs> I mean, few tweets like that. And uh, you know, I mean, I saw all the UK, they're frauds, and they're the sketch. Look, one of my favorites was the UK. I think I remember who tweeted it was like, "This is what happens when they play a, a, a decent team. They play the eighth best team in the SEC." I'm like, you know, you're mocking yourself a little bit. It's with like that? when they used to criticize our non-conference <laughs> yeah. schedule. Like, you guys play nobody in the non-conference. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> it's like you barely barely beat the seventh ranked best team in the Big Ten. I'm like. Well, you mean we did win that game? I mean, that's all that matters, right? I mean, it's, it's, it is hilarious that they're so like their willingness to take shots at the ACC. They don't care if it comes at the expense of themselves. No, they're like, not one bit. we suck and we'd be third in the ACC. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> at least you accept it. But yeah, just some of the, but to be anti bra I mean, I do just, they play Clemson tonight? By the way, no, that's on tomorrow. It's on tomorrow. I guess we'll have the post game. Technically, it's at noon. Oh, is it? Yeah, and then we then we then they play that basketball that tomorrow night as well. UK's got a big day tomorrow. Can we can we serve as like the unofficial post game show? Oh, we're gonna UK be. Clemson? Oh yeah, it's better than talking about basketball. <laughs> Damn right, it's gonna be better than talking about basketball. Let's hear your thoughts. I have thoughts. no intention of talking about anything but Dabo and what happened down in in Nashville or where the hell they're playing. Maybe we can take some calls. We'll open the phone lines <laughs> up for just the UK fans. Say <laughs> just keeps calling over and over. <laughs> Yeah, the but the the, the the don't get me wrong. I, I think that it's fair to criticize Jeff Brom and, and the staff and say like, hey, and especially Ron English last night and saying hey, like, it'd be cool if we hadn't lost our last three games this year. 
Um, we, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> there were some things I mean, I've laid it out in the first hour that I was unhappy with last night for sure. But also, like you've got to keep some perspective here. I mean, you know, we we lost to Kentucky, who's got good players and who has owned the rivalry recently. We lost to Florida State, who went thirteen and zero and was at the time in the top four nationally. And we lost to USC, who even in a down year has five star talent all over the field. It's not exactly the equivalent of losing to Chattanooga, Arkansas State, DePaul, App State, Bellarmine, huh, all the teams that we've lost to in the last you, couple of years. You those specific schools you seem to be pulling out right there. Yeah, it, it, it's you're not. It, it's not a. It, it's not a conversation even worth entertaining. But the, I mean, if you want to blame Brom because you're angry that he he stuck with Jack Plummer, then I I guess you can have that anger if you want. Sure. But short of that, I mean, because like I said, I mean, when you watch the, the game unfold, I mean, the, the throws that Plummer's couldn't make or couldn't make properly. These guys are open. I mean, you mentioned the we mentioned the Bruce play, the the the, the fourth down where we didn't convert. You know, if the third downs on that drive multiple times that you know guys probably could have got an extra six seven yards maybe if they catch it a decent pass and it's not low and, and the finger could be an issue. I know whatever, but I mean, if you want to get mad at Brom for that, maybe just being maybe quote unquote stubborn for staying with his guy, that's fine. But to say that Brom didn't do a, just a great job with this team is just blindly stupid. I think one of the things that makes me excited about the future is seeing the system this season, how many open throws were left out there. Like The system works. There, yes. were, there were multiple times this year where the right play was called and just not – I mean, I think about the Florida State game where we had the fourth and one play and you know, we run the perfect you know, the, the play action. You've got the tight end wide open for what should be a huge gain. And Plummer just doesn't lob it over Jared Verse, and he gets a hand on it, knocks it down, and that's the you know, that's kind of the ball game. We had multiple plays like that throughout the year, and, and last night the the last offensive play certainly falls. In, it's the perfect call at the perfect time. Dude's wide open. Just make a simple throw, and like you know we're we're still alive there, and he just didn't do it. And hopefully Tyler shucks that guy, and hopefully if he's not, somebody else is and. The offense is a lot better next year, and this, we have a better pass. This game. team is like me going to the bar. Like I, I can spit some game. I, I I got a little bit of a silver tongue, but you know what? I'm work. Look what I'm working with here. I can only do so much. That's what Braum was doing with this team. He's he can come up with these great plays. He's enjoy got, that comparison. He's got these great. He's got he's got them. He can put in, out the plays and draw it out. But sometimes you know he's, the execution is not all there. You got to have the natural talent. You got to have. And sometimes you know, hey, I can impress her all I want, but then she looks over and she's like, oh, never mind. I'm still I'm going with the guy that, that that you know can't do his ABCs, but looks like you know, looks like Mike. Easy. <laughs> Texas, we should have all realized that we were in big trouble when Trevor's funny mathematics didn't add up, and he was so confident. No wonder his test scores were so pathetic. <laughs> LOL. Uh, yeah. I'm Your so- seven point four confidence level of winning, but we're gonna blow him out over the top confidence. Just it didn't didn't work last night. <sighs> I was confident. I thought my prediction of how the game was going to go was about to unfold right before my eyes, and it just didn't. It fell, and it just collapsed. I made a fairly hefty wager on us money line last night. I'm not even going to talk. I, I, I did it too, and I'm I'm just so mad. I'm, you have no idea how mad I am at myself for doing it. I did take the over, which cushioned the blow a little bit, but yeah, I I, I was like, I was like, I'm not sure we're going to cover the six, but I feel really good about us winning. I'm going to make the money line. I bet, did the same thing. I felt man, it was it was a poor, and it didn't even poor pay. Decision. It didn't even pay. It wasn't going to pay off that much same. anyway because it was like minus like 160 or yeah, something. Same. It wasn't worth it. It was dumb. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I agree. Texas fake wrestling and their storylines are garbage too. But you watch those. Uh, were we talking about porn? I don't know. Fake, fake wrestling and their storylines are garbage too. Uh. 
Okay. Did, what did I say that I don't watch? I have no idea. Uh, Indiana Larry says, y'all owe me $200. So, so does a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that, don't blame us for this, Larry. Indiana Larry, I can, go talk to go talk to, to, to DraftKings. They've got my 200 too. <laughs> oh, but at least cheered, what cheered me up, speaking of big wrestling, was AW was solid last night. Well, that's good. I got to watch that afterwards after the after the the game. I ended up watching my AW. Not not a lot of not a lot of matches, but three really good matches on the show. So I was in the pay per view Saturday. So I'm gonna need to find a hobby or something. <laughs> <three months. laughs> you need to get into wrestling with me. I mean, it's like it's like Mike got really into gaming. Like, like he's just he's playing <laughs> Call of Duty constantly. <laughs> yeah, you want you want you want you want to borrow? I've got my NES at the old studio. You Somebody give me an Oculus. Somebody <laughs> give me one of those virtual reality sets. No, I've never tried one of those. I very briefly did a couple of Christmases ago. It's fun. It's cool. When yeah. I was at our family thing, my uh, my cousins, her kids, they all have them or playing them, and I, I almost wanted to try it on. But and that's how I did it. My marriage cousins, yeah. Christmas a couple of years ago. Uh, but I just I don't know. I was just kind of like, yeah, I do want to try it though. It looks you cool. give back to the kids like all porn. <laughs> well, Trevor didn't wasted no time. <laughs> What's Brazzers, Uncle T? How would that work? <laughs> I mean. Oh, that's a bit It's a big reason why people get those virtual reality sets. It's really. Oh yeah. Now, now you're curious. Okay. Trevor will have a Oculus set before we get to 2024. And wow, will it get used more than the drone? It's like Trevor just stopped showing up to work. He just discovered something pretty new and cool in his life. When Quagmire discovers the internet. That's that's gonna be you. He, I feel he has, like he has to point the mailbox. He's got the arm. <laughs> Texas says, so if we're handing out grades for Brahms first season, I would say a solid B. If we win one of those last three games, then it's probably an A. People freaking out just got their hopes up too high after going 6-0 and stomping Notre Dame and then got let down harder at the end of the season and are unreasonably mad. I honestly think those people would be freaking out less if we went 8-4 and and had never started dreaming so big for what the season could have been. Regardless, I'm excited. It was a fun season, and the end season skid was a letdown, but at least we were finally in, uh, finally high enough. Hey, Trevor. That it uh, hurt nice when we plus. fell. He said that, by the way. That was not I know. I see that, that in yeah. there. That's good. I like that. that I think the Texas is, is, is spot on. I, I think if we it, – it's like 2016, where if we'd had some of the losses earlier in the year, we wouldn't have been – like we would have loved the, the way that the season ended and Lamar winning the Heisman and all that stuff would have gotten played up even more. If we had been just a whatever team and then made this furious late-season rally to get into the conference championship and to finish like top 15 in the in the AP Top 25 poll and to go 10-4 and four after losing you know three of our first four games or something, I feel like everybody would be like, this is an A season, A-minus season, this was great. But it's just, you, know, you want to finish strong. Oh, and and the, the, the fact that we lost to UK again, I think you right. also can't overstate just how much that's affecting people. And let's not forget football fanhood is all based on what have you done for me lately. I mean, sure. It's, it's always going to be a, you know a depression of mine. I mean, if we'd gone eight and four, though, I just I feel like that. Then your people who are negative right now about Braun would be like, "Why did we get rid of Sat? We could have gone eight and four with him." I think people would be like, "Yeah, it was about what we expected. It was it was good. Let's I mean, see what they can do." Because if you're negative forward. on Braun for this performance, I feel like you're just negative in general. I don't know. If, I don't know how sad. I don't know if there's a, sort of an undefeated season could be satisfying. I mean, think about how close we were. I'm not, I'm the 95th person to point this out, but think about how close mm-hmm. we were to having like. Five or six losses. You know, you, oh, well, I mean, yeah, Indiana, I mean, very close game. Georgia Tech at the beginning of the year, very close game. Um, Virginia, that, we probably should have lost that game. Miami, we found a way to win late in that game. Like, but that's what makes the difference between a good coach and a bad. Uh, I agree that Braum won those games. Jimbo Fisher lost him, and he's unemployed. I agree, but, but if we were legitimately 
Yeah, we were ten and one at one point. Like what number tw- uh, nine in the country? Something like that. Yeah, eight or nine. Yeah. If we were legit one of the eight or nine best teams in, in the country, and I think we all kind of knew this, but you know, you, you base off things off results. Like we're not ba- like having to come back and get some some generous calls to beat Virginia at home. You know, we're not life and death to beat a bad Indiana team in, in the second half of that game. I, I think you kind of knew, and that's why my whole my whole point is, it sucks the way that we ended the season, losing three straight games. But I do think that like, there's not like one just gigantic act. Like, what changed? Was there a fight in the locker room, or did they call plays differently, or anything like that? I think it's just we started becoming sort of who we are. Like the the the, the on field results were more reflective of the fact that we were more like the 30th best team in college football than the 12th or, or 15th best team in college football. And I think if we'd really been real with ourselves and saw some of the early season results, it was great to win those games, but they kind of showcase that. And I think we get we just overlooked the the importance of losing thrash with that injury as well. I mean they for they, sure. They bought I mean the, the best way to example that is they saw they mentioned it last night on the broadcast where I think what do you have like almost like fifty more targets or catches than yeah. anybody on the I mean that that when he when he went down whether you know his the hand injury you can argue I guess how it affected no matter what he was clearly not the same player. Our pass threat offense went from like semi to non existent totally changed. And it, it's and then we had to, and then, yeah, you had close, still had close games, but you know it's, it's tougher. I mean, it's you're, you're taking away. It was again, the, we were limited as up as is, but you know now now you're even taking that away. I mean, it's just not, yeah, you can't do that. And that honestly surprises me. I, I think you and I both thought that Kevin Coleman would give us a little bit more this year. I did too, yeah. I think the Chris Bell Scott Long comparisons now are becoming more and more valid as time goes on. Where like he passes every eye test, and then just for whatever reason doesn't pop as much as it should on the actual field. Uh, Amari Huggins-Bruce, I think we thought he would be involved a little bit more. And Thompson's instead, good. Yeah, Jane, yeah, Jane Thompson was yeah, – was, he He's a big body, that's about it. He, he and Jimmy Calloway, I think that you look at and you're like, eh, you know, yeah. like I could, if, they, if they want to hit the portal again, I think we'll, we'll kind of be okay with that. Um, we, we have a couple of questions. People are, are, are bringing up this Pierce Clarkson thing where – The Twitter account. Yeah, but uh, – yeah. I hadn't seen it. I saw, uh, the, I think, the 35th and KY Sports. People pointed out that he had taken out like some Flyville stuff from his, his Twitter account. Matt McGavick uh, went, looked back and said his, his Twitter page has actually looked like this for a while, and his pinned tweet is still the same Flyville tweet. He just he, he slightly changed up. I don't know if I'd read too much into that. Remember we did that again last year where it was like, is he going to make it? He took some stuff out of his Twitter bio and Instagram uh, bio. little tweets, dude. My favorite game on uh, KSR and, and Sports Talker, the Twitter autopsy. Like I wouldn't be break out the bone saw. Let's figure out what the, these kids are talking about. And look, we've said this more like like every time that we've done this, it's wound up being like reflective of, of what was going to happen. Like every time that we've looked at, like hey, they they're following a bunch of Louisville people that we've ended up getting the kid. And every time it's been like, hey, they unfollowed a bunch of Louisville people. We, the kids wound up transferring. Um, like Pierce Clarkson, I, I don't. Except for the running back who stayed, then transferred into the year. What was his name? Travion Cooley. Yeah, he did. thank you. Well, we knew he was gone. Like he, yeah, in the middle of the year, he's like favoriting NC State and Georgia but, Tech. But then he stay, yeah, until at least he waited, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Pierce is going to do. I would expect him, even if he's thinking about transferring right now, to stay through spring practice and see how he stacks up against, you know, like I'm, I'm very curious to see how the reps get divvied out during spring practice if it's an open competition or if it's kind of like last year where Tyler Shuck comes in and it's very clear that he's the number one and people are going to have to catch him if it's going to happen. But maybe if Pierce sees that he's fourth or fifth on the depth chart again, he's going to go ahead and bounce somewhere else. But I I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's more likely than not, and this is not inside information or anything like that. It's just 
seems to be common sense that one of the scholarship quarterbacks you have that's set to come back for next season is going to leave, right? Like you've got Harrison Bailey, who technically is not on scholarship, but might be for next year. You've got Brady Allen, you've got Pierce Clarkson, you've got Deuce Adams coming in. I feel like one of the three guys that were that's coming back for next year is probably going to leave before we get to the summer. I'd be shocked if both Allen and Bailey are back. I'd be shocked if I don't know where Bailey's going to go. He's been like four different schools already, but maybe he will. Maybe I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if both come back. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, I I feel like Allen or or Clarkson seems like the most likely. I could Bailey could too if he wants to just go be a starter somewhere and he feels like he can't beat out Tyler Shuck. He could go to a Mac school and probably get a get a better chance of playing. Yeah, I mean, we you know he went to UNLV and and had the job and then lost it there. So uh, I don't know, but I I feel like one of those guys. It seems like just common sense is not like we're not going to have. Six scholarship quarterbacks next year, but I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know how it's going to all going to play out. It will be a very fascinating nine month off season. Yeah, I, would, I don't need to calculate my name on it to tell you that map doesn't work out. We don't need that many quarterbacks. And look, I'm fine with talking about that for three straight months as opposed to the alternative. I'm going to talk about our kicking and punting situation. It's like, welcome in. It's January 22nd. Uh, let's talk about this quarterback position. It's like again, really? Are you guys just ignoring the fact that we lost to Florida State by 23 last night? <laughs> no, no basketball. Yes. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? That's the answer. What ba- what's this, what's this b- b- basket? What? What's it called? <laughs> Texture says last night showed that Maurice Turner can't be a number one back. He's too small and easily taken to the ground. He's okay as a third down back, maybe, but please get Isaac back. I mean, Isaac's a bigger bruiser than the, the kid that you were talking about, the Penny Boone. I mean, that dude's like 300 pounds, I think. He's huge. He's a big bruising back. But, yeah, Turner, I mean, well, fairness, one of the times they took him down was by a space mask. I share the Texas concern. Like, I, I think if they're if they're looking at Maurice as being the number one guy next year, no, he's a, I would be concerned. The change of pace guy. He's just he, he, oh, their flash is there for sure, but he's never showcased an ability to do it consistently, like Garendo did at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you still have Kiwan Brown on the, the the roster. I'm curious to see what he's going to do. They're bringing in two pretty highly touted freshman running backs in this year's class. Who I think long term could be could both be really good. Saw the Ro- Ruben Owens in the A and M Oklahoma State game after we finished up to last night. Yeah, he's not going anywhere, unfortunately. No, didn't look like um, it. But yeah, yeah. If Maurice is if they're expecting him to be the Jawar next year, I don't think that that's going to work out too well. I, I don't. I'd love to be wrong, but I but I don't. Let's take a break when we come back. More from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. It's the Mike Rutherford Show Thursday edition here on the Big X. Yes. My buddy left his phone in his apartment. He didn't know how to change it. I, I put this on there. He, he got so mad. Like, Take it off. I'm like, 
Okay, so I changed it to it's raining men. He can't eat more. He can't Classic shenanigans. He's like, what? He's like, what are some of these voicemails I keep getting? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel. I'm 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 in an air supply mood. That's, that's, that's not. A, this is something what you think of like the lifetime ads, like the 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 infomercials at the end, of the, the two a.m. infomercials. Yeah. Do you remember those? The, of course. Their supply hosted one of them. I think when I was at Western, it was the one that would come on all the time. The guys from Air Supply. Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm at. I mean, you're, I, you're taking this bowl loss harder than I thought you were going to. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to be a big picture guy, and, and you're like playing, like, don't kill yourself music. <laughs> I'm reading self help books, man. What do you expect? <sighs> Uh, we got a quick update from the uh, Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Miami leading Rutgers 17-14 to in the third quarter. We had a final earlier today. Boston College taking down number 24 SMU in the Fenway Bowl 23-14. They did. I mean, the ACC clearly the best conference in all of college football besides us. The ACC kind of cleaning up. Mike's just kind of baffled by it. I was like, wait a second, what? <laughs> we beat like 17 bowl teams this year. Remember that stat? And Yeah. 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 Which I, I did love last night. Like I sent a tweet out there, which I stand by. That fourth down play where they brought in the, the like they try to do the, their own wild con. They brought in the quarterback to play, and you're like, well, it's, he's gonna run it, right? It's, it's fourth and one, and it was such a slow developing play. I felt like our defensive front would have stopped it in late October, and I was like, I, I feel like mid October Louisville's defense would have stopped that that fourth down and gotten off the field. And all these UK fans were like, oh, you because you were playing Murray State. And I was like, you, you can look up our schedule. You know who we played. Like, that was – like, we, we played Duke and Notre Dame in back-to-back games when they were top 25 teams. So, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. This is why we can't lose that game. You just, for, for mental health sake, you can't lose the UK game because you get, we have a full year of this now. Even if they lose to Clemson by 45 tomorrow, it's not going to matter. Well, it's still not going to be very satisfying because it's Clemson. I, yeah, this is the worst. Like, the, not only do we lose our bowl game and have terrible basketball to look forward to, I can't even in, like enjoy. Like, I don't even know if I'm rooting. I guess I am rooting against Kentucky, but I can't root for Clemson. I hate I, Clemson. I, 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 you, yes, I agree one hundred percent. It's like one of those, like, oh, you get to win a million dollars, but you lose your leg. You know, I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's really. I mean, I don't know. At least I you're mean, getting a million dollars in that in, in that. Scenario. I feel like there's nothing here that I would like. Like watching UK get beat and get blown out in the bowl game is could be worth a million bucks. Yeah, but it's Clemson. That's what I'm saying. You're losing your leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is, five, is it worth to be a gilding? 502 414 1450 is the Thornton sex line. We're taking some text from you guys. Texture says defensive issues seem to be Brahms' common problem throughout his career. He needs to pull a Spurrier at Florida and hire a serious defensive coordinator and give him carte blanche to the defense. Well, why didn't we ever think of that? I mean, I mean, it's, I think the defense was I thought solid this year. I mean, but that's the one thing. I mean, for for the, you know, when Brom got hired, there were a lot of people who were like, "That's cool. I would prefer it if he didn't bring his defensive staff with him. Like, we don't need Ron English here. We don't need some of these other guys here." And then he does, and the defense is the the strong suit of the team for the first three fourths of the year. And now you've got, the, I mean, the defense kind of. I mean, there's no kind of. They they were bad against Kentucky. They were really bad in the bowl game. And now you're back to that conversation with the fan base where they're like, just get rid of Ron English, bring in somebody who's serious. And and I feel like you have to give – again, you have to look big picture. The defense, for the most part, was good this year. We've got some really good pieces coming in, especially on the defensive line for next season. I think you have to give English if – if it winds up being our Achilles heel next year, then 
yeah, we can have that conversation. But for right now, I mean, the defense, I, I know it, again, it ended on a bad note. But for the most part this year, they were pretty solid. I mean, even some of the better defenses in the college football are going to have a bad game or two. I think the fact that it came against, like, USC's second and third string guys is hard for a lot of people, myself included, to, to get over. Like, they should have played better last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. The, I thought defense was, I mean, did as much as it can. I, I expected USC to be good offensively. And a lot some of those plays, like I said, the, some of those throws they made were not easy throws. I mean, the secondary could have helped a little bit, but, yeah. I guess I guess that counts as the defense, though, so. The good thing about next year when it, when it, we're talking about getting new personnel in and trying to, to figure out things and who can play and who can't is we have, and I know I'm in the minority here, I love kind of the, the lighter early season schedule. I, I think in, in college football, it, makes, it just makes sense to schedule light in the opening weeks because <coughs> excuse me, it's the only sport where you don't get exhibition games. You, you don't get a chance to get your feet wet. There's no NBA preseason, MLB spring training, uh, even – basketball you get a couple exhibition games in college football the first time you take the field as a full team against another full team if you play like absolute crap and get beat it affects your entire year it doesn't matter if it's you know august 23rd and week zero or whatever so like i like that we're playing austin p in week one this coming season we play jacksonville state in week two because if you play your c minus game in week one it's probably going to be good enough to beat austin p it's probably not good enough if you're playing one of these showcase games like we've done so many years in the past against a you know non-conference opponent on a neutral site field or like last year against Georgia Tech. So I'm good with it. I mean, let everybody, especially in, in, in this day and age where we're going to be heavily reliant on the transfer portal and have so many new working parts, I kind of like having these games at the beginning of the year. How do you feel about that, Trev? Um, I concur. Okay. Now, we, now we do have to play. You want to clear your throat real quick? I'm okay. Okay. We do have to play Notre Dame early next year on the road. That'll be the last game of September, uh, September 28th. We don't know what the the rest of September is going to look like. We know who, who we're playing in conference play. We don't know when we're going to play them. So, like, we're going to have to be good by the end of the first month if we're going to be, like we were last year, carrying an undefeated record into October and a national ranking and all that good stuff. So, If we can take two steps up with Shuck, then I will feel confident and in, in- – being okay with that with the schedule. Shuck yeah. Shuck yeah. Texas says this season was a very small step forward from last year. Won just two more games with a much easier schedule and still couldn't beat UK. For Brom to prove that he is the massive step up from Sat that we all think he is, he's going to have to show more in year two, especially on the offensive side of the ball. If you think there's not much difference, go call your Spence in Cincinnati and ask him about it. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at regular season, if you want to add the bowl game where we weren't playing with Satterfield, we were seven and five last year. We were what ten and two in the regular season this year, and the schedule I think ended up not being. It was like two spots easier than last year's schedule. Ended up not being nearly as bad as people thought it was going to be going into the year because a lot of teams that we played ended up overachieving. So I, I don't, I don't really buy that. No, this team doesn't win ten games. This team wins six games with Satterfield. Texas says, I believe the USC punts were the first and last possessions of the game. Okay, that I know the right. first. That's why I was curious when I read that. I was like, I had to have been the last one because I didn't turn the game off, but I kind of, let's be honest, after that fourth down, after we converted on the fourth down, I moved the game over to my laptop and started the DVR on, 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 on AW. Oh, boy. I kept it on mute. I kept AW on mute, though. Was that bad? I mean, it was just like, because I knew after we get that last fourth down, I'm kind of like, 
Who are you to talk? You're the one that put out the the the, the, the good game, good season guys after that point. No, it was, that was the very end of the game. No, you that that got posted before the game was over. Yeah, it was after like, the the last drive when we yeah, had no after, timeouts left. Yeah, the, 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 but I'm just talking about that fourth down. Oh, I thought yeah. you meant like you said third quarter. No, fourth down after after we didn't get the fourth down because. Oh yeah, that's when I yeah, yeah. The, season, the game was over. Yeah, and that's the same with me. I moved the game no, from I'm the TV to the computer, and it was like I put yeah. So that's why I couldn't remember if that last punt was the last possession of theirs or not. Yeah. Texas, for anyone trying to give Brom the same heat as KP, Brom still has more wins than KP in like 50 games. Brom gets physically ill when we lose. KP has access to the best facilities in college basketball, and the team plays in an NBA arena, and he still can't coach a team with five-star talent to beat a community college team. I just hope after this dark winter that Dan McDonald will get the sports year started off right and pave the way for a special 2024 of Louisville sports. If you're comparing KP and Brom, I just I mean, yeah, come, come on. I mean, we, like every, KP you're, you're is a UK fan disguised, disguising as Louisville fan trying to be a hater. I mean, Kenny Payne is number one on everybody's list of, of coaches that are going to be fired next, and Jeff Brom is on everybody's list for like National Coach of the Year awards. It's not, it's not a comparison. I'm sorry. It, it doesn't mean that Brom is beyond criticism. We've criticism on we've criticized him on the show. I think yeah, I mean, there were things been... to nitpick from the last three games for sure, but it, it, you have to have a, a a sense of the bigger picture here where. I mean, I'm not even going to entertain this. There's no point in going into the details. No, <laughs> There's just, it's obvious to anybody with a brain. Texas, how do we know if the other QBs could have been better than Plummer if we've never seen them? I mean, the young guys, I don't believe what they've told you. Brahm is stubborn, I think, when it came to Plummer. I mean, there's, there's if you want, that's the one argument if you want to get mad at for, for Brahm for the coaching job this year. That's, that's like the one thing I can, I mean, there's other little tidbit like you said you can accept for me, but I can accept, but like that's the one long-term one for the year that, I could see as a fan you being angry, and the, I mean, te- the texture's right. I mean, well, Conley, we know. I mean, we've seen Conley, Conley. and Doman. So, yeah, and it, look, if but you, Allen if, was a four-star kid. If I mean, you don't want to believe what the coaches have told me. I, yeah, maybe they're just straight up lying to me. Maybe, maybe when they say that this kid's not that good, that yeah. maybe they're just lying to me. I don't know. But the fact is, it's not just that like Clarkson and Allen and and Harrison Bailey couldn't beat out Jack Plummer. They couldn't beat out Brock Doman and Evan Conley. Like they were fourth, fifth, and sixth on the I mean, hell. Like Pierce Clarkson's fifth on the depth chart, Brady Allen's sixth on the depth chart. Harrison Bailey was the guy that was going to play if something happened to Jack Plummer. And like maybe they are just just good and just need more time. But the staff sees them every single day in practice. They saw them for a full calendar year almost since uh, since you know they got in, in in February and started going through spring practice in March. Like if they had seen flashes of inability to, to win games for us. I, Jeff Brom is not so stubborn that he's going to leave wins on the on the field. If he thought no, that Pierce Marks no. could beat UK, no, he's gonna. Yeah, he, I, I agree. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent with that. Texas, my grade is a B minus because teams at the end exposed our weaknesses. I think that's fair. I think that's fine. I think the same. I think. I mean, we just lost a couple of close games. I think those weaknesses were were shown early in the season at some point. I mean, I, it, you know. We knew going we knew into the year that line was limited. From we knew Plummer was, was limited. We knew also going into the year that linebacker was a, a area of concern. And at the beginning of the year, like those guys played out of their minds a little bit. And I think it helped that the defensive line was just doing so much damage that the linebackers could kind of run free and make plays. And other teams adjusted. And I think our, our linebackers regressed a little bit to the norm. And they probably got a little bit tired as the season went on. And they just like like... Our weaknesses got exposed as the season went on. Our, at least the, the weaknesses that we thought we were going to have coming into the season, I think, reared their head towards the end of the year. The linebackers just weren't that good. 
And the secondary, for whatever reason, some guys that were playing really well at the beginning of the season just started playing poorly. I think Jarvis Brownlee getting hurt also changed the way that we played in the secondary. And Storm Duck was more of a liability than we thought he was going to be coming in. Teams just picked on him every time he was in the game. You, you were just throwing right at 29 every single time. And last night was was no exception. The storm was a coming. I mean, he, we're, he couldn't duck. We are thankfully going to get MJ Griffin back next year, who was so good for us two seasons ago. I know he's excited about joining the freight safety. Um, you know, we, we lost Josh Minkins, who maybe could have helped us last night, although he, he was hurt this year and didn't look great when he was playing. I think Devin Neal's going to come back, and as, as bad as he looked at times last night, he still had some moments this year for sure where he was very good. So you get a couple other guys maybe help you out. If you get Quincy Riley back, that's a big boost. But the secondary, I hate to say like I, they're going to be better next year because they really weren't bad this year. They, for the most part, they were pretty good. Um, but they were not great when it mattered the most in, in two of, of the three last really big games of the season. Texture says, I'll Venmo you $3 to sponsor the Mike Rutherford Show question of the day. Thank you. $3 a day or just $3 one time? Well, $3 if we do it every if we do it as much as we typically do. How much would do, that be in a year? It's like five questions a year. So what, what if we did- We'll three, take your 15 bucks. But what if we did $3 a day, like for five, how many, how many months will we get to the end of the year then? I don't have my calculator with me. Well, I don't know how many days we have the show. Well, say just, just, just theoretically, say we do it, uh, you know, two hundred shows a year. Yeah, okay. How much is that? Like six hundred bucks. That's three hundred each. You get, you get four hundred. I get two hundred. I get five hundred. You get one hundred. You don't. Come on, man. Your name ain't worth that much on the show headline. <laughs> Texas says this game was one hundred percent on podcast Dan. What did what did, what did, what did podcast Trevor? No, radio Dan, podcast Trevor. What 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 did he say? Did he do something? He pushed the panic button on Twitter, apparently. It, uh, this this oh, I'm seeing that tweet now. Yeah, okay. I didn't, didn't even notice it above it. Okay. Yeah. Texas, you mentioned that Jack was easily the best practice quarterback. That seems to make sense because there's no pressure in practice, and he seemed <laughs> to be at his best during moments in the games when there wasn't much pressure. Once he got into the red zone or backed up in our territory, he made the biggest mistakes. He just isn't a guy that rises to the occasion, and maybe one of the other quarterbacks could have been that. Now that I agree. He did fold like – yeah, like what's the cheap suit is that people would say. Anytime there was pressure on him, he did look like he could not handle it. Now, having said that, because his mistakes were glaring, he did lead us on game-winning come-from-behind touchdown drives against both Virginia and Miami, where he made big throws. So there, like, the, 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 like you can't just gloss over that. As pedestrian as he was for most of the year, there were moments where he did not full, where he stepped up in the pressure. I think we're just now remembering how bad he was against Florida State and how bad he was at times last night against USC. Um, the, the thing with Jack... But can you say we also won despite him in, in Georgia Tech and Indiana as well, though? Georgia Tech, he was great in the second half. Uh, Indiana, he was terrible in the second yeah. half. Um, the, his biggest issue all season long, it's not even necessarily the, like, the missed throws downfield that were open and he just doesn't have the arm to hit. It was when he made mistakes. My God, they came at the worst times, and they were so bad. Even last night, like the, the, the fumble was terrible, but they had the holding penalty uh, in the end zone on one of those drives when we were trying to come back. He, like, he, he, he threw that ball falling down. and It was an insane decision to throw that pass. I mean, I guess you can choose to believe that he saw the flag and knew it was defensive holding on USC, and he thought it was a free play. I don't know. I mean, that was on the other side of the field where the penalty occurred. Well, and that saved us, too, because remember the play before that was the one where he, the guy would have probably been an easy touchdown on the little drop-off yeah. pass, and he underthrew yeah. it again. He just made some 
wretched decisions. And, and when he did have fumbles, they always came at terrible times. The UK yeah. game, I mean, the, the the NC State touchdown interception in the end zone is still, I think, to this day, the worst decision I've ever seen a Louisville quarterback make. I just don't know what he was doing. Like his mistakes were just so glaring that it was impossible to gloss over them. It wasn't like you know, hey, end of the half is kind of a, a arm punt interception. It was always like he did the one thing that you can't do in a situation where you just simply cannot do it. And that, I think, drove everybody crazy, myself included. Texas says, in the spirit of positivity, I have a three-part question. Please bear with me. One, what was the most rewarding part of the season? Two, what was your biggest surprise of the season? Three, what was your favorite play of the season? We should all be elated that we took such a massive first step this year. Rewarding would be beating Notre Dame, right? Yeah, I think that the – I mean, I guess you could just say, like, the first half of the season going 6-0. Getting in the top top ten. Honestly, to me, biggest surprise losing to Kentucky. I really had no. I, I thought we were going to win that game too. I was. I mean, I know you can say, "Well, Trevor, you, two years ago you were confident." Yeah, that was drugs. This this year was like legit, like sober, clear eyed. I thought we had. No, I was that confident we were going to win the game. My biggest surprise of the season. I, I thought Plummer was going to be a little bit of a liability. I still was surprised the passing game didn't do more. I thought that we just, especially after the Georgia Tech game, I thought we had too many weapons. Where like we're, you know we're gonna get guys wide open, we're gonna get guys in space, and the playmakers it, like it. A lot of it was on Plummer, but some of it was on our receivers. Just didn't create separation. Like last night, we we when we took a couple shots downfield, you know Chris Bell's not getting separation. Kevin Coleman's not making guys miss. Like we just the passing game was not nearly as dynamic as I thought it was going to be. And it's still like in the beginning of the year, it looked dynamic at times. We were number one in the country in explosive plays through the first four games of the season. And it just, I mean, it, it became super, super simple as they, the season went on. Favorite play of the season. My, you know what? I, I, I'd have to think about it, but right away, the first thing that comes to my mind, and I'm, I'm a kind of a defensive guy. Big, I love big hits defense more than probably anything else. I'm My favorite play might be when Rager threw Joe Alt to the, just threw him to the awesome. ground and just, and just nailed Sam Hartman. Like that just. Because that, that's right after my own I, I love good defense. It's the Philly Eagles guy. I mean, you know, I, I want defense. I want big hits. I like, you know, Big Ten kind of football a little bit sometimes, you know, three yards and it's grinded out. Uh, it's old school to me. And that, that play right there is like the right one that comes to my mind right away is probably my favorite play of the season. That play, the the, the fourth down stop against IU. That was good, yeah. I, I think underrated play of the season was Destel creating the fumble at the end of the Georgia Tech game to keep them from taking the lead and, mm-hmm. and, and propel us to victory there. Um I would say, I mean, Jawar's long touchdown run against Notre Dame was probably the most nuts I went this whole season. I'd say there's a couple of Jawar touchdown runs. Any of his 70 yarders were probably pretty good, but yeah. Honestly, my answer, this is like, like, probably the most, my favorite play of the year was the long touchdown pass to Amari Huggins-Bruce against Virginia. Because like, I, I was so down in that game, and I was so like, this is going to ruin the whole season. Like, This is exactly what you can't have happen if you want to have a good year. And and I know he was wide open, but it was just such a, a beautiful design, and that was like okay, like I think we've got this. I know it just tied the game, and then Isaac's long touchdown gave us the lead. But that play, I was I, I was definitely going. Nuts. I thought you were going to say the throw that the, the even though it was the loss to the, in the Kentucky game, because that might have been the best plumber throw all season. Yeah, I, I take it back. A loss, and that I'm, was I'm gonna, a loss in that fourth down play. Though. I'm going to change my answer. My favorite play of the year was the Kevin Coleman touchdown against Miami, the long run. Like that was yeah, that was yeah, that was awesome. Uh, he, he also the texture says the fact that nobody mentioned the cartwheeling lineman is criminal. Well, it, we, <laughs> up, we, we yeah. got nothing out of that play. <laughs> yeah. It was great. <laughs> that was the guy I forgot about. That was funny at least. Texas Mike, I give the season an A minus. 
It was exciting, and the Fed was a ton of fun. I really hate when we give a, the national opinion validation. I want to win one of these types of games and start turning opinions. I'm excited as hell for next season. Go Cards. Yeah, I like that first text. I think that the season, it certainly achieved, as disappointing as the end was, I don't think there's anybody who's like, I'm not more excited for next season than I thought I was going to be coming into this year, right? Like, I think I'm still excited for next season. That's what I'm saying. I think I think it successfully achieved yeah. what you wanted this year to be. Like now, people are even more excited for the future, both immediate and long term, than I think they even were like in August. I mean, not to pile on Jack, but I mean, for all the negatives he did, part of the excitement for next season is what are we going to do now with a, what we can hope to be a better quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be bad. Hey, Jack, I tried to defend you, man. I Going into last night's game, I thought it was your perfect swan song attempt. We both were like it. We, we said he was going to be the MVP of the game. I did, mean. Did not happen. There was there wasn't even prop odds on, on getting passing yards as low as he threw. No, he was like, the over-under was, I think, 242. Yes. I, saw. I was like, yeah, I'm not that the, the lowest, like, on, on just, like, the, the random was, like, 170. I was like, what did he get, like, 58? I think 158. Did he even pitch over 100? I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was it like 150 was, something. Yeah. It was uh, not. It was not a dynamic performance. It's an understatement. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a lot of the like. Uh, yeah, he's 21 to 25 for 141. He averaged 5.6 yards per completion. We're, all right, this segment we're all out of time and all out of love. Let's go to break. Five o'clock hours up next. We'll uh, keep talking some Cardinal football here in the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 Big X. I'm all out of love. the picture today you don't ever let me talk so i gotta i gotta speak through my, my music very sad for the first uh, two hours and now we're survivors we're gonna be better we're gonna work harder we're gonna have this program back oh yeah it's, 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 it's uh it's uh uh what's his uh, what's his name said in the we are marshall the funerals in today let's go beat xavier Matthew McConaughey. We want Virginia. <laughs> That's what they go beat. They beat Xavier. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I do think that despite last night. I love night's... it. that movie like, and the next week they lost 72 to nothing. <laughs> it's like the, the narrative at the end of the movie is so crazy. kind of makes me laugh sometimes. By the way, welcome back in. Five yeah. o'clock out here at the Mike Rutherford Show. 1450-961, The Big X. We've been talking uh, entirely today about last night's Holiday Bowl loss and, and maybe even more about big picture Louisville football, what it does for how you view the season, uh, how we how, how we're looking going into next year. I still think that, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but despite the loss last night, when we start getting some of these, and I guess they'll start after the, the semifinal games on New Year's, when we start getting some of these really like super early, way too early college football top twenty five polls for for 2024, we're probably going to be in some of these because we're one of the few teams out there that's already done some serious damage in the transfer portal with everybody else. You're just kind of guessing, right? You, you can pencil in the same sec team somewhere in the top 20 and nobody's going to call you out. But for those, like the, the, those six, seven, eight spots where you want to give to 
teams that are going to be better than maybe they've historically been. You kind of look at who they're bringing back, what they're, they're, they're bringing in. And for Louisville, like you know that they're bringing back some key players from this year's team. Ashton Gelade is maybe the biggest guy to announce his return to a school that was sort of a surprise uh, out there. You know they're getting back some some key parts from the offense you, you would expect to get um you know, some of the receivers coming back you, you, the offensive line some of these guys will be back the defense you're bringing back more parts than you are on the offense but then you look at what we've already brought in the transfer portal and I think people will will say well that's good enough to slot them in at like number 23 number 22 and so like that's going to be exciting that'll be good for the brand especially when you have the the twelve team playoff coming up next year, so I, I think that as much as this sucks right now, and it's not just about last night's loss, it's about the way they ended the season on a three game slide. And, and as much as that's going to continue to sting when you talk about this season, I, I think eventually, a, a couple of weeks from now, we'll get back to being able to see the big picture, and maybe it will take having to, to pay attention to basketball more for us to properly, <laughs> properly. And nothing will make appreciate you appreciate football. what Jeff Brom did in the next two months of basketball. I think we'll get right. I don't think that this is going to end up diminishing our excitement for 2024 and beyond, right? No, no. I'm, I'm. In fact, I'm ready to get the next year started already. Who would you? This is a Can question. We skip basketball and just go right back to football. Like I've never wanted spring football more, and I don't mean the XFL. Now this is a, this is a question. It feels like I'm asking this at a weird time, but we have to do this. So I'm going to put it on the the website either tonight or tomorrow because we got to get this done before the the end of the year. We do the Card Chronicle Person of the Year. Every single yeah. year, and it's a U of L figure. Sometimes, like last year, the Bring Brom Home guy ended up winning, and people got pissed off about that. I was all supportive of that. You were, I mean, a lot of people were, and but usually, it's a it's like a U of L coach or player or something like that. Understandable. This year's kind of a a weird year. I feel like Jeff Brom was the runaway favorite, but I don't know if there's going to be something of a, a a lingering effect from the way that this season ended. I think that you know the the Cincinnati AD is going to get get a little bit of love. He will, uh, but like, who else would you even put in the category? Like, it, it's I, it's kind of a down year for some of the other like the usual suspects. I mean, Kel, Kelly Bush, uh, Danny Buston Kelly. Dan, 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 yeah, thank you. Uh, Some more my tongue there. Um, I think get, she'd get Lacey Lee nom, nomination. I think would be worthy. I don't, wouldn't say she'd win, but she'd get nomination. Um, it's kind of it. Oh man. Yeah, I mean Jeff Walsh had a good year, but you know our our. <sighs> Standards are certainly really high. I mean, for him. but he, that's I guess worthy of a nomination though. At least twenty twenty champion, by the way. Former, like how many past people? Winner. How many people get nominated normally? Like four or five. Or? Depends on like, how strong the nomination. Usually, it'll be yeah. like like there have been some years where it's obviously like just two people, and it comes down to that. But usually, typically, it's about it's four. I mean, if you're gonna say four, I would put those two with Brom and probably Cincinnati's AD. Well, who's those two with Brom? Uh, Waltz and uh, so you Waltz have Waltz in there and and, and uh, Busman, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that I mean that they at least get the worst. I think I mean, the fact they both went to elite eights in their tournament in their their pro season tournaments is worthy of a nomination, right? Yeah, it's it just it's kind of. I wouldn't expect them to win. It's below what they've done in recent years when they have. It is, won. and I and I would I would think Brom should be a runaway winner, but I think they should still get nominations. Yeah, I would think so. That's, that there's not like an off the field, off the court persona that I think has really stepped up this year. Um, Other than the Cincinnati's AD. But besides yeah. that, yeah. yeah. It's just kind of it's a, it's a weird year. We have like no real superstar athletes. Like Anna DeBeer was all American. National Gelato was an all American. That's but right. Not, I think about individuals. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, just, you haven't had anything, but he was kind of just like captured the 
the minds and the hearts and the attention of Louisville fans the way that like Teddy Bridgewater, Lamar did, or some of these other people. Now, the more exciting competitions to be least popular, least most hate, or whatever you call well, it. We do that in the summer, the least cool oh, person. Okay. Yeah, that's, a- that's after the athletic season. That, that's going to be the hot race. That's going to that's gonna be see who wins that one. Well, got a long time left to, to forge some candidates. I mean, right now we're looking at what KP on there. I try to avoid doing. Like active members of, of Haley, athletics. Does, does Haley count? Haley she Benton? was in the championship last year. She lost to. Oh, okay. We the, we ended up doing a nominee. It was kind of a the lazy way out. But like, this whole we, summer. We did the weird. entire. Well, no, it's you wait till the end of the athletic season. It's for the the athletic season. We did the entire basketball season. We ended up being a, like a nominee because you could have had a tournament <laughs> from just the basketball season overall. Like you could have had like every coach. You could have had like you know yeah. certain players. You could have had like they you know whatever. But we ended up doing so like the, the whole basketball season won, but it beat Haley in the finals, which I was kind of surprised that Haley got that much hate. I'm not. She did. It's not going great for her. Well, She's, the problem thing is that she got anywhere but LSU, with the hate would have been diminished a lot. Agreed. Agreed. Like she got eh, short of Kentucky, maybe. I'm going to phrase that. Kentucky and LSU are the only two schools that go anywhere else, any of the other 300 schools. I did see that ESPN came out with a ranking of the 25 best players in women's college basketball as voted on by current players and media members, and Haley Van Lith was not in the top 25. And I was like, ooh, how's that feel? Hate, <laughs> hate to see it. I told you I'm going to be a hater this year, and I'm, I'm definitely I'm, – I'm enjoying the way it's going so far, mm-hmm. as long as they don't win the national title. That's fine. No. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll take some more text from you guys. You guys have loaded up. It's, it's Tends to be the case in days immediately following games or on Mondays after weekends. You guys are very opinionated. And I disagree. Want to hear Even your on a random day, I think the textures bring it. I, I, the textures have been bringing it a lot this year. Yeah. Text line has really popped, I'd say, in the last few months. Uh, texture says, Holy moly, please talk about the damn officiating. It was the same stupid crew as the UK okay. game. So I'm, it was. I'm not did gonna, you know I, that? I don't, I, no, I did it not. It was the same exact crew that we had for the Kentucky game. I'm not going to blame it. The only, there's just one question I have, and you I, Guarantee you already know what I'm going to ask. Probably, how the hell did we get a blocking call when we're kicking it off? A block below the waist. Yeah, uh, yeah that, they they never explained it. They just they kind of like, like Gus just like I had so many questions. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Like there there was a couple like where I would be like I would have called as the fan and he's like that's a holding because I'm being a fanboy a little bit sometimes. There were a lot of I felt like holds on the outside that they just didn't call, but we should have known that because they didn't call a single hold against UK either. But when you call blocking below the waist on the kicking team, I'm like, I didn't think it was possible. Well, I had two questions. I, I was like, one, how could this be something that we actually did? Like, how how could that be the right call? What what, what are we doing? Yeah. And then two, if it was the right call. I want to hear from that player and don't know what the hell they were doing. Why? Why are you blocking below the waist when we're trying to tackle the kicker? I mean, and of course, like I think they went to commercial right after that. Of course, they didn't address and it. And yeah, Gus is just like he's still just like he's like there's a penalty on Louisville. How about that, Barry Sanders, though, man? And it was a key <laughs> moment too. Like we really needed to stop it. It gave him the ball at the forty. And I was yes, like, well, I was like, this is a huge call. Ah, uh, yeah, that that one, Bab. Outside that, there wasn't. I mean, well, I think we got the benefit of that. We got away with the, the holding call in the end zone. Yeah, that, I thought cheap. that was a little bad. But other than those two, I mean, but even like the one I'm complaining about, I, like, I'm not even complaining about it. I'm just damn confused. Like I just wanted an explanation of of how it was possible yeah. and why we did it. There were a couple of plays in space where it looked like our guy was getting 
hell, like the jerseys were stretching and they just didn't call it. And I was, that, that kind of made me mad. But it was one of their touchdowns. I thought was a bad, same. kind of a bad hold. But it wasn't. It was like the little floating screen pass where like, yes. he was wide open space. I was like, I was like, our guy on the edge just got, he got absolutely tackled. tackled. Yeah. Uh, but besides, like, I, I wasn't as upset with the. I think it was more about us than it was yeah. the officials. I mean, that, that bad one, calls both ways, right? Because yeah, I complain about that. That we were both complaining about that hold. I mean, it doesn't. That takes away what seven points. We still lost by seven. Then yeah. I mean, it's. I just was confused on how you've got a blocking on on your when you're returning it. It was uh, you're kicking it off. I mean, yeah. uh, people are sending in this. I did see this during one of the breaks earlier. Nick Skirton, the Purdue edge rusher, who's in the transfer portal, who led the Big Ten in sacks last year with ten, is now saying he wants to join a winning culture. He has already scheduled visits for Florida State on January third and Louisville on January fourth. Does it feel like us and Florida State are on the same like? It certainly does. A lot of names right now. It does. I don't know. Maybe Kenny Payne was right. Maybe the, these programs are seeing who we're going after, and they're just copying us. And then we got we have to act in secret because we don't want to. The, the difference is somehow in Louisville football, we're taking guys away from the Florida State of the world, and in Louisville basketball, we're competing with Miami of Ohio and and Loyola. I mean, if you're Florida State, can you blame them not wanting to like, like creep in on everybody we recruit? I mean, their entire turnaround was based on a quarterback they took from us anyway. Yeah. I I saw speaking of the the basketball somebody was talking about the Seku Kona we talked about it yesterday uh, and people were like who was that other kind of random three star guy that we offered a while back who people were all upset that we'd offered these two kids in a, in a row that were not being highly recruited like, is he going to come <laughs> and that player was Brandon Jennings who by the way committed to VCU recently so former guard uh, he is a guard not Brandon Jennings from like the NBA, <laughs> from the NBA. years ago. <laughs> But a point guard out of Richmond, Virginia, who committed to VCU, we did offer him, and he, I guess, said thanks, but no thanks. I don't know why I just noticed this. Like the, the text he sent that the, the the screenshot of the the tweet about the transfer. I just like click on it. Right below it is somebody replying to a Mike uh, Careful or whatever tweet he's going. The Lions are now waving Chase Lucas, who's been a solid special team guy in twelve games. It's like sorry, Mike. Like that you're just not paying any attention to the bad basketball recruiting news. No, just I'm, choosing to give it no folks whatsoever I'd, I'd to talk about a random thing that nobody else can see. I would literally rather talk about Chase Lucas getting released from the Lions and talk about our basketball team. Yes, Texas. Why do you think that we couldn't get production out of more receivers this year? Was it play calling, quarterback play, receiver talent, or receiver coaching? It seemed like it was the Thrash Show. I think it's a great question. I don't have the answer to it. I I do wonder if guys got frustrated with Plummer maybe not getting them the ball in time. Because that was the thing. Even when Plummer made the right reads, the, the lack of arm strength was just so apparent. Guys had to wait forever for that ball to get there. And then they, you know, a lot of times they were getting hit. Immediately. There wasn't a lot of opportunities for yards after the catch. And maybe they got frustrated with Jamari Thrash being targeted you know, five times as much as any other wide receiver. And that led to them not <laughs> running routes. getting open. Yeah, that, that led to them not running routes as hard or something. I, I don't know, but there was... Whatever it was, I said it was, to answer the earlier question, it was my biggest surprise of the year, was that the passing game just didn't do more, even with Plummer's limitations. I don't have the answer for you. Um, maybe play calling. Maybe it was quarterback. Maybe it was all of those things. I, I don't know. Texas, not to pile on him, but how many games this year was Plummer the better quarterback on the field? Only one that I can say for certain is Murray State. Every other game, he was clearly <laughs> worse, or it's a toss-up. Well, no, the, the Boston College game. I mean, The right. Castellanos kid looked good in that game in the second half. Did he? I can't remember now. I'm not sure that he's better than Plummer overall, but he looked better than him in the second half of that game for sure. Um, I mean, he probably uh, not the Indiana because they're the quarterback. I know he's uh, he, he ended he, up sucking though. Yeah, but he played well that game. He probably I don't think was as good as Haynes King from Georgia Tech. 
He, I mean, he was better than Brennan Armstrong in the NC State game. I'll yes, say that definitively. Yeah, Brennan that, Armstrong was terrible. And Brennan Armstrong was supposed to be like one of the best quarterbacks we faced this year. I mean, it's safe to say, at least in this one game, he's better than Hartman, right? In the game, yeah. But like, yeah. He, he, I think he's asking big picture. Like, how many games did we have the better quarterback in? Oh, I thought he was saying what was better on that field, like that game. I mean, like, I think that I still think Plummer's better than Brennan Armstrong overall. Armstrong sucked this year. He was terrible. Um, really, yeah, I mean. He's better than the Indiana quarterbacks, either one. Uh, Tavon Jackson was good against us, but he ended up getting benched again. Yeah. Um, besides that, I mean, Riley Leonard played bad against us. He was hurt. He's still better than than Jack Plummer. But the, I know I wouldn't say. I mean, the Virginia quarterback, the, Dude, the Virginia kid, kid Calandria was incredible. Yeah, I agree. I know that's what I'm saying. The the Tech kid played well in the bowl game last night, right? The the scramble. Castellanos. Yeah, plays against us. I mean, yeah, drones. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. I mean, man, Kyron Jones. He's not a good thrower, though. I don't. But maybe you could say he's better than than Plummer still. I mean, you take me the fact that we're even arguing it just says. I mean, is, what he, you need is to say. he really much? Is there really much difference between him and Leary this year? I mean, at UK, Leary was not good this year. Yeah, I, I still I would probably say he's better than Plummer. Uh, I would say. I mean, hell, I'd say I don't even know. Van Dyke is better than Plummer. I mean, yeah. By the way, at one point, did <laughs> he's better than the Florida State kid, Brock Allen? He's better than him. I'll say that. Your thoughts when the when we finally got the tie, the the, uh, the freshman tight end in Clinton. there. And uh, he didn't get lined up right, and Plummer had to call a timeout and just looked completely just unhinged on it. He also had a terrible holding penalty. Jamari, Did he? I didn't Jamari care. Johnson. He, he had the big one down the field on the one where it was like, you've got to let go of him there. Yeah, Jamari Johnson, you can see why they were reluctant to, to play him a little mm-hmm. bit as a freshman. He, I think, pretty obviously was not. He's a dynamic pass, ca- pass catcher long term. Um, and I guess they went with him over Joey Gatewood last night because they're playing for the future. But you can see why. He struggled to get on the field this year. He just didn't know what he was doing. Yep, which is an issue when you're trying to play football. But yeah, that was like that was the most I think we ever saw. Most animated we saw Jack Plummer get all season was him just oh, like ripping. Was, yeah, because we had to use a timeout. Yeah, yeah, it was a you know, timeout. Plus, it was our second timeout we had to use. Yeah, it was a big. That was a yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Texter says this year in football was very similar to 2016. That was Bobby 2.0's best year. This is at Jeff's first. That's a huge reason for optimism. I think that's a good point. I don't want to compare Jeff to Bobby 2.0. No, but he's saying like in Bobby's best year was similar to this first year of Jeff here. And I think, you know, if you think things are going to get better, then it's a good sign. But God, could you imagine Jeff had that? That 16 team was a lot more talented than this year's team. Yeah, there's no excuse for that. When you look, the more as time goes on, the more I'm like, I see some of those guys, especially Lamar. That 16 team, And you're like, yeah. we didn't win 10 games one time with, that guy, with, with those guys. We had Jair Alexander... And Lamar Jackson in their prime in 2016 and 2017. I know Jair got hurt in 2017, and we what we lost a combined ten games in the nine games in those two seasons. That's inexcusable. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, not to, and we also. I mean, it wasn't even just that's just your two guys. I mean, we, the supporting cast around him, offensive line, and everything. We had good teams. Yeah, I mean, we were. It, it, you know, Lamar Jackson and a bunch of dudes was the Booker McFarland tweet. Like we had guys on those rosters. I, I mean, I'm trying to think. You know, Becton was on those rosters. Um, Sheldon Rankins in 2016 was a, was a, was a high draft pick. Um, who am I forgetting? Jaron Christian's still in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Greener, Grenard, transferred yeah. to Florida and is, is playing well. Yeah, we had guys. Yeah, we we had a bunch of dudes. Texter says uh, we are going to need Chris Bell to be better if he's going to stick around. He might have been the most disappointing wide receiver of the bunch this year. No separation and had a case of the dropsies. I would only say I would only agree with him being most disappointed because. I wouldn't even say that because the other guys were – yeah, I guess – because the other two that were disappointed right then with, with Callaway and Thompson were just kind of – I think Coleman was kind of disappointed too. 
Yeah, Coleman was that. That was most disappointing for me because I had the higher expectations for him. I think that I didn't have expectations for Thompson and Callaway. Really, I, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I knew you hoped that like one yeah. of these guys was going to be good, but they, they ended up. I mean, kind of down that road of the guy that couldn't couldn't break out at, at Tennessee comes here now, and but you know you get hyped, but you know never easily works out. I, I think that the staff is really committed to two guys at the receiver position. I think they like Bell and they like Coleman, and I I would not be shocked at all if. Like none of the other major receivers from this year come back, and they tried to use, they tried to get Coleman and bought I me. Mean, I know they did a lot of a lot of short passing game last night, but a lot of it was to Coleman. I mean, they did. I they, think how many targets he ended up getting last night. I wonder. I think what you have to hope for for next season at the wide receiver position is. I mean, you saw you, you saw in this game specifically how like four and five star wide receiver talent is just different. Like like Taj Washington had a good year, um, but he wasn't like a superstar player. And then you see last night, he's just better than everybody we have in the secondary. And you need to get some of those guys. And I think you get excited when you say, we got Ja'Cory Brooks coming in, who was the second-leading wide receiver at Alabama two years ago. And you have to hope that he's as good as advertised, and he's fully healthy. And then Colin Lacey, we've seen it time and time again, and, and not just at Louisville with like Thrash and, and some other guys in recent years. We've seen it across the country. The best players at the group of five level, and even some of the, the best players at the FCS level, are more than capable of coming in and putting up big-time numbers at power conference programs. And Colin Lacey is kind of everybody's top five, so a lot of people's number one wide receiver in the portal. You get him, if Brooks is fully healthy and, and he's as dynamic as you expect him to be and lives up to that five-star pedigree, uh, and then you bring Bell back, you bring Coleman back, maybe you get another transfer or two, or some of these these young guys that played a little bit last night are able to step up, I think you feel good about the wide receiver position. Uh, Katara Six, I know, played last night as a true freshman wide receiver, got in the game. They were excited about some of the other freshmen that have a ways to go. Uh, you're bringing in a couple more in this year's class, so I'm I, I think Huggins Bruce is a senior, right? He's, he's, no, he can come back. Can he? Okay. He's, I mean, he he's got he, he's only a junior. Yeah, I think right. technically he could. I think he's got one year of eligibility left because he doesn't get the COVID year. Um, Dave's actually afterwards, and I don't know what, what he's thinking. I, I think that he's kind of been on the fence. I think that he's gonna he's already had some conversations with the staff. They're gonna see what they want to do collectively, but I mean. It, Again, it's one of those like not inside information, just kind of common sense things. Yeah. If he chose to hit the portal, I don't think it would be a gigantic shock, just because he had big expectations for himself this year and and didn't only caught twenty passes. Texture says wasn't the only one. Yeah, Texture says I have very little belief that we can get to the playoffs next year if Ron English continues to play so much man coverage. It doesn't work if you are playing against a lot of speed and you can't get pressure on the quarterback. It did, but like we also played a, a like a bunch of zone against Kentucky and got just destroyed because we couldn't get home so you're kind of damned if you do damned if you don't like we liked playing zone coverage a lot this year because we were getting home without bringing a gigantic pass rush when that stopped being the case like we started bringing more guys and, and leaving our corners on the island and on an island and kind of trusting them and that worked great with Quincy Riley it just didn't work great with whoever else we had matched up against uh, playmakers the safeties couldn't cover anybody um, Storm Duck couldn't cover anybody and opposing staff I, I think that that was really glaring on film. And it's why you saw, it wasn't just USC last night. Every time Storm Duck was on the field in, in the second half of the season, they were throwing his way a lot. Like, he was the weak link there, and, and people were picking on him. And, like you, you, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the worst scheme choice. You just need better, like, cornerbacks, better, better safeties, better guy, guys in pass coverage. Um one of my favorite sayings is uh, "Bad craftsman only blames his tools," but I'll never forget Dave Rigon looking at me, looking at me when I said to him one day and said, "Yeah, but even the best carpenter can't put a nail through a wood with a rubber hammer." It's a good line. 
I thought it was like, because that's the first time anybody actually made a comeback to that. I've been using that line since high school. And like, <laughs> that's the first time anybody actually had a decent comeback to it. I was like, touche, buddy. I guess you're right. I mean, I hope you know that now. I hope that's what you're telling them right now in, uh, in Atlanta as your offensive coordinator. <laughs> Texas says, as an SEC school, UFK makes a pretty good Mac school. Hey, you skipped the other texture about Game of Thrones. What do you say? Uh, he, the text you read before, he texted earlier and asked about uh, who your favorite character was and would you trust Hodor or me beyond the wall as a bodyguard? Uh, Hodor, obviously. Oh, Hodor. I'd trust Hodor over myself, by the way. I don't trust you with anything. <laughs> no, neither do I. Who, who's your favorite, who is your favorite character? Um, Mine's easy. I, I, I mean, you should know that. But Wait, Arya? Yeah, Arya. Because you named your dog after her? Yeah. I named the other one Khaleesi, but just because I like the name. It's not in the character thing. I always thought the name was cool. But Arya is my favorite character, yes. Um, Probably Ser Davos was my favorite character. Okay. And he was kind of like one of those... It's an easy choice because he was more one dimensional than a lot of characters. Like he just he didn't have a like a, a downside. He never had any bad thing. Like you know, he helped the you know the, the the girl, the princess helps him read, and he's got all these good storylines. Always seems to do what's right. Yeah, Nikin, yeah, Monday yeah. night, yeah, yeah. It was, but he was my favorite. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so I only really Davos of Seaworth. <laughs> you worship a man who chopped off your fingers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Texture says, I understand sticking with Plummer during the regular season struggles, but to stick with him last night after the UK and FSU game struggles is bewildering. I get that Jeff sees what happens at practice with the backups, but it's insulting to the fans to not even try a different look when pl- the Plummer can't throw farther than five yards. Well, I just... I understand this complaint, but like, if you... I mean, I, I guess if you're Jeff, maybe you bring in whoever, and you know they throw a couple picks and the game's lost, but like, is it really worth it to be like, see, told you guys... Um, I don't know. I, I think he was doing what he thought was in the best interest of trying to win the game last night. And I mean, I, I would believe work. if you were to tell me Bray Allen has a better arm, he does. And I believe, and they probably do. They're probably not the only one. There probably a couple guys that have better arms than, than Plummer. But like you said, the Plummer knows the offense. He, for the most part, he kept composure. He didn't make was it clutching his throws all the time, but for the most part, the composure was there. I think, and that. He t- he went with knowing the offense, brains over brawn. I guess you could say maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean he look. I, I think Plummer's got a better arm than Conley, Doman, and Clarkson. I think Bailey and and Allen have a better arm than him. It's just a matter of Allen looked terrible in every open practice and the scrimmages. He kept throwing interceptions. Yeah, I mean, and, and then Bailey, I don't think ever got a grasp of the playbook. But I I do think I mean people keep you know Pierce Pierce like put him in the game, put him in the game. Like if they had gone to another quarterback. Bailey would have been the guy. Like, like, well, Doman was the first guy up, and you saw that last night. Conley is the third string, and then Bailey is the fourth string. Like, Pierce was low on the list. I think he would have gone in over Brady Allen, but like, if they were going to give the the reins to somebody to try to go win the game for him, I think they would have gone with Harrison Bailey, and that was the case pretty much all year long. I mean, what's the popular phrase? The most popular guy on the team is always the backup quarterback, or in our case, like the sixth string quarterback. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> put in the the walk on with the weird hair. <laughs> put in the guy sitting next to him on the on the on the. On the ride at, at SeaWorld. We got nine quarterbacks. <laughs> Let one of them sling it. Texas has Kentucky. Oh, this is your voice stays there. Open the lines, take your medicine, Kentucky drank your milkshake. Uh, and we're doing that tomorrow for the Clemson postgame show. Kentucky, yeah, why does he got to pull up one of my favorite lines? He knows I love that movie. Can we act like uh, like we're like official UK postgame show? He's <laughs> poor when I listen to Mike and Trevor talk about last night's game. It's like, why are they taking so many pot shots? Like, this is the, it's like the official UK network. 
right. Cesar also said, "Who needs he, porn when I can listen to Mike and Trevor yeah. talk about last night's holiday bowl?" No, he's been he's been busy today. Uh, he, a lot of texts. I have carpal in his thumbs over here. <laughs> texts us like seventeen times, he, he, all within like thirty minutes. He gave us a B minus. <laughs> in case you're wondering what grade a uh, UK fan gave us, you B minus. I didn't even see that in the. He minutes. said your schedule sucked ass though, so I would give it a B minus. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Texas, if one were seriously trying to compare Jeff's first season and Kenny's season plus up to this point, for criticism's sake, what would a basketball record look like compared to Jeff's first season football record? At a place like Louisville, I mean, going four and tw- that's like going, what, at least one and 11, maybe 0 oh and 12. What in the say, say it again now? The equivalent of, of, of Louisville basketball going four and 28 in a season, what's the, the football equivalent? I mean, I'd say it's going one and eleven. Oh, one and one eleven, yeah. If not zero oh and twelve, I, yeah, yeah, I, easily zero oh and twelve may be the the better because yeah. you, you've got like the worst seasons in Louisville basketball modern history before last year were all like twelve and twenty, twelve and nineteen type years, thirteen and eighteen. So four and twenty eight is on a different plane entirely. Like we've had winless football seasons before. We've had one it win football it, seasons I, before. It would have been worse than two thousand eighteen where we won two games and still gave up. Yeah. I think I think you're right. Yeah, we would lot we would have gone zero and twelve, losing all the game by fifty points. That's the football equivalent of the four win season. Now I thought he was asking like the basketball equivalent of what Brom did this year would been. I mean, that'd been what twenty two wins. It's so hard to compare the if we're doing just like you know tit for tat, like like not using historical comparisons, like a, a ten and four season this year for Brom. I mean, what like a Sweet Sixteen run in basketball is like a five seed, four seed. Uh, but that sounds about right for me. I was thinking win totals, but but for us, I mean, think think like like we've won ten games eight times in program history. We've played football for well, I think one hundred and seventeen years. So like like this is like the the top two percentile in all time seasons in Louisville football. If you're just looking at it from a win loss perspective, now granted the program has grown in stature, uh, especially the last two decades. So our expectations have changed, but it's just, it's tough to compare Louisville basketball for Louisville football when the programs are in, on entirely different planes historically, right? Yes. Uh, we'll take one more text and we'll go to break. Texture says, no Louisville fan hates losing more than Jeff Brom. No Louisville fan giggles more after a loss than Kenny Payne. <laughs> I'm sure that Kenny Payne. Sadly, that's the text. That's accurate. This is something that we've talked about also, like consistently for the last two years. I'm sure that Kenny Payne does not like losing. I wish that he would just, even if he has to like play it up a little bit, show that to us a little bit more. Because you've got Jeff Brom. I mean, Jeff Brom looks like he's on the verge of suicide after the Kentucky game, and all the players are talking about how much it upsets him and how he's like so upset. They've never seen him this upset. And last night he's he's like looking physically angry and he's talking about how unacceptable it is. And then after every like you know this is a loss to USC for God's sake in, in a bowl game. And Kenny Payne after like a ten point loss to Chattanooga is like yeah you know like, <laughs> you, you ready ready got to fight a little bit. You ready for the, the the TK random movie reference of the day? I think we've already had seven, but well, yeah, we get this. We need a sponsor. Give me number this. eight. Here comes number eight, the eighth one of the world. Underrated movie. So I married an axe murder. Which I is- enjoy the movie. It makes me think of his Mike Myers' friend, the cop, and that. Where the entire time he's trying to get his uh, superior to be mean to him, like they are in movies, like yell at me, call, tell me you want me in my office, tell me I'm I'm crossing the line, and I'm I'm one step away from being you know a traffic duty. And the guy's always so nice to him. He's like, it's okay, Tony, it's all right. And finally, later in the movie, he yells at him. He's like, you did a good job. That wasn't bad, but let's, I'm in a hurry. We'll work about this later. <laughs> 
That's where I think Kenny Kenny Payne is is the is the is the, the throw the a captain. chair. Give me something. Yeah, give like, me something. You know, you get the reference. I think you know the movie. But like, that's what I feel like. I, I just give me show, at least pretend like you're angry. There was a guy in high school who was like, not my worst reference. There was a guy in high school who was like, cool guy, like a good looking guy. He was like a swimmer, like a like decent athlete, but like he just had no personality whatsoever. You'd see him at parties and you're just like, oh, he, like he's there. And one of my friends one time was like, he's got to do something. You got to give us, like, punch a cop, give me something. Like, that's how I feel about <laughs> Kenny Payne. Like, you know, even if you, it's not your personality, like, you know, break a clipboard, give me something, let us know that you care. It's just, it's, we need something out of you. Show me that you're alive. Right. Rutgers, by the way, uh, now leads Miami 31-17. Two minutes to play in the fourth quarter of the Pinstripe Bowl. ACC now, I'm taking it back. Not the best conference of all time. Walking it back a little bit. I'm glad we avoided being in the Pinstripe Bowl with the timing of that. We Damn right. Show, well, yeah, I, I, hate to, I hate to have that happen. We had the day off, actually. Hate that. <laughs> hate that. Let's take our last break. When we come back, more from you guys on the text line, then we'll look ahead to tonight's action on the gridiron and the hardwood. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X. But you gotta keep your head up oh, And you can let your head down hey, You gotta keep your head up We're ready to turn the page to whatever's next. Right. No, it's like, no. It's like, well, turn the page to next. The, the Transfer race. portal recruiting, of course, is what we're talking about. Oh, really? No, I mean, it's... Are we? I want to. No, 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 no. I meant for the next three months. Oh, my bad. I got excited for a minute. We could have played that earlier. We had a couple guys talking about in the transfer portal. I guess we could have, yeah. That's okay. We have plenty of time for that. <laughs> I keep it locked and, locked and loaded on every show, by the way. I really and truly don't know how I'm going to do like Us, all of us collectively, you, me, the text line, everybody. Like the next three months of basketball, like I, I just I I, oh, I can't cool. do, I can't do three months of they didn't play hard again last night. The offense I don't know what they're doing defensively. The Miami kid made seventeen threes against us. This is bad. Like who we start with Virginia too on January second, right? And it on the road on the third, which is just like the, if he did win the game, it would be the funniest thing of all time. The one place in the ACC where we've never won since joining. If if Kenny Payne wins after everyone thought he's going to get fired, At this point he wins any game. It's comical. <laughs> I just, I can't. I can't. I, I, I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know how we're going to do it. We are one spot ahead of Tarleton State on the updated Ken Palm rankings. Isn't that where Billy Gillespie coaches? That is correct. <laughs> Still better than Gillespie after all these years. Now, that's the school that was that was started by Frank, uh, uh, the the quarterback from the Vikings, right? Right. Tar- Tarkleton? Tar- tar- yeah. Oh, Tarkington. Tarkington. And the, so close. So, so close. And that's the university name. No, Frank him? Tarkington did not start, start Tarleton State. <laughs> oh. Didn't well. happen. Uh, let's uh, let's go back to the text line. 502-414-1450. I am excited about next football season. It's just so damn yeah, far away. <laughs> August 31st has never seemed like a longer. I'm like, oh, let's start the countdown right now. It's like day 211. 
What are we going to do? Yeah. Well, it's going to be a bounce back baseball season too. You're damn right. There's a lot riding on Dan McDonald's shoulders this this uh, this spring. We need we need them to give us something to talk about for sure. Yes. Uh, Texture said, "I'm assuming this is a KRC text. TJ eating a pop tart every morning is pretty wild. Not much worse food he could be starting his day with. Knocking out that daily added sugars before 8 a.m. I mean, is it really the worst? Is it really the wildest thing you could eat on a daily basis? They're not good for you. Now, Danny, well, of podcast Trevor is a big pop tarts guy. I think he's cut back in recent years, but he, one time he sent us a like his wife's grocery list, <laughs> and she had pop tarts, and then had like a, a like a, a sad face written next to it because she always <laughs> tried to get him to stop eating them, but he would eat pop tarts. We had this. Ins- I mean, if you're eating just one pop tart in the morning, that's not that. Bad. I mean, is that any worse than eating a bowl of cereal? Every now, I, I, I like I go through breakfast phases, yeah. and in the pa- not recently, but like in past years, I have gone through like pop tart phases where I eat two pop tarts for my breakfast. Uh, I know it's not good for you, but whatever. It's 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 something. I mean, I've eaten pop tarts. I never ate one for breakfast. You just eat them when I'm like stoned at like two in the morning. Yeah, we used to have this this crazy. Some people listening probably are familiar with this. Who went to Trinity? But when I was going there, they had this crazy strength and conditioning coach. This huge guy who played for the Chiefs back in the day named Bob Maddox, and he was very like the most intimidating dude in the world. Just like just crazy, and he would always get on you about what you ate for breakfast. And he would go. Like, Danny back in high school would eat Oreos every morning for breakfast, and he'd be like, he'd be like, "What'd you eat, Sonard?" And he's like, "A uh, bowl of oatmeal and a side of hash browns." Like every morning, I was like, "This is the biggest lie that I've ever heard in my entire life." Cookie bowl, two bowls of Cookie Crisp. It's like whatever he recommended. Danny was like, "He's like, are you serious? If I asked your parents, are they going to say the same thing?" He's like, "Yes, sir." I'm like, no, they're not, because they hate the fact that you eat Oreos every morning for breakfast. Texas, you have to root for Clemson in this bowl game because we've never beaten them. So the last thing we need is for Kentucky to beat them. Clemson's, Kentucky's already beaten them, though. Yeah, they've beaten them in the bowl game before. Yeah, like they, they, they played them in Nashville, like, what, about 10 years ago or so? It would sort of be like the— I think they played Dabo his first year there, didn't he? I don't know. It, it would sort of be like the—one the, of the sweetest parts about beating Florida in the Sugar Bowl was Kentucky hadn't beaten them in, like, 31 years or whatever it was. That was, see, that was sweet, yeah. It was like, all we needed was the one shot. <laughs> Trust me. I only need one shot. Because, <laughs> I mean, they also—they were so brazen about how badly Florida was going to beat us in that game— like that was a an underrated part of, of winning that game was being like, oh, yeah. Some teams can beat Florida in one chance. Others can't beat them in thirty five chances. Texas says, Good Lord, Kelsey, I think Brahm is the right coach, but he's not above criticism. You sound like a hostage with Stockholm syndrome at times. Well, I mean, there's I, I said that you can have and, and it's true. I have a man crush. What can I say? Um, but I mean if there's criticism, it could be stubbornness of hanging with Plummer. I think that is. But short of that, I don't yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I think he did a very good job. Texas says I went. To was, the, I'm sorry. It was Dabo's first full year at Clemson that they lost the UK in a bowl game. Texas, I went to the UK game in Lex, where Teddy just kind of managed us to a fairly easy win. And I always figured I'd never go back to a UK home game again. But the end of the season annoyed me so bad that I'll be taking my ass to Kroger Field to see us end the losing streak next year. Go Cards! Take the ACC and fire Kenny Payne before he gives more awful quotes. I was at that game too. I think that was uh, 20. Well, the quotes 20, are the best part about Kenny Payne's tenure. I think that was 2013, where it was just like kind of a game manager. Devontae made a, a crazy cool catch. I don't think I've been to a UofL UK game in Lexington since then. And probably good thing, because I don't think we've won any of them. I think my last one we've won might one have been them. Stevie Got Loose. That's not good. I was, I was glad I wasn't at that one. That one involved, uh, oh, man. Man, we're doing the we're going to be some UK. very bad decisions by drunk people. <laughs> we're going to we're doing the uh, we're going to beat UK next year in record time. Like we've got eleven months. <laughs> Are you guaranteeing victory, Trevor Kelsey? I was called you, Rube, because I was used to talking to you, Bim, about this trash. Rube, Rube, let me tell you somebody, Paco. Okay, I, I was I was predicting us beating UK next year during the third quarter of our loss to him this year. Okay, 
This is the year. What answer do they have for Tyler Shuck? None. None. Tyler says, like our defense, Plummer got worse as the year went on. A good coach is supposed to make you better, not worse. I mean, again, you can do so much with Clay. I mean, if it's raining constantly. It did seem like he got worse as the year went on, which is, no. I just, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. Maybe he was hurt. I don't know. Well, he was technically, again, that's the thing we could talk about yesterday, and then he brought it up, you know, the finger issue, but I mean, still, I mean, it's, if that's the case, he's had three broken fingers all year long. Yeah, I, I did like his post-game quotes. I kind of I cringed as I heard him where he's like, it didn't affect my accuracy at all, and I was like, oh, well, people are going to have their fun with this. I, I was mean, like, technically it didn't. Have you watched I know, three? We, I, everybody was like, we know, Jack. I'm like, oh, Jack. I'm glad you're not on social media, bud. Texas Mike, is there a scenario where Louisville could remove Kenny Payne as a coach now, but pay him until his buyout drops and then formally terminate him? That's where we've come to already. Yeah, we're just. <laughs> I agree with everybody who's talking about the. We're still talking buyouts. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not going to change. I mean, everybody's right. Who's you know the point that kept being made last week when they didn't fire him is like, well, you saved two million dollars with the buyout. If they fire, they're not going to wait till March thirty first to fire him. For the buyout to drop, like you can't, you can't afford to lose those three weeks. It's just so if you're going to get rid of him, like those get, three weeks get, are worth more than two million. Yeah, you, you get rid of him now. I just don't. I think that that was a plan to make that happen, and it didn't happen. Nah, somebody on Twitter said that is ridiculous, and I disagree. I agree. Texas, says you have to bet more. Uh, you have to bet right now. More wins next year, less wins, or ten wins again. I mean, we don't even have a full roster at this point. We don't know the schedule. Yeah. We know the teams we're playing. We don't know what it looks like. Um, give me nine and three, and they win a bowl game. So exact same, ten win, ten wins. I mean, yeah, at, I'll take the push at ten. Yeah. I mean, at Notre Dame, we know is going to be tough. You're going to be an underdog in that game, almost certainly. I mean, we, yeah, we don't know what Tyler, whether he stays healthy or not. I mean, if, and if he does stay healthy, do which 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 shuck do we get? We have no idea. I mean, I've seen two <laughs> different versions. Of we haven't seen this guy in a U of L. He's not even on campus <laughs> yet. Know, like, I mean, how good is he going to be? Uh, I mean, we play like, but next year's like we're in the schedule at Clemson, at Kentucky, at Notre Dame. That's right there should make the the overall schedule more difficult than last season's was. I mean, I, I feel like you probably are going to be underdog in all three of those games. Is that safe to say? We don't know how good Kentucky's going to be. but still. No, no, how good Clemson's going to be. Yeah. No, good, good Notre Dame's going to be, really. When they, they got their quarterback, though, didn't they? they Riley Leonard from Duke. Yeah, so, so again, I stand corrected. I stand what I said. God, I'd love to beat him up there. That'd be great. Yeah. Texas, I heard Brom brought in the group Band-Aid at halftime, and they performed Do They Know It's Defense Time at All, but it didn't help motivate the team to get the win. Is that really a band? You don't remember that? That's the the song, the Christmas song. Band Aid was the, the the group of stars that did the. Oh do yeah, they yeah. Know? Well, well tonight, thank God it's them. No, I thought he was instead <laughs> of you. No, when he said, when he said they, the defense, I thought that was the actual name of the song. I was like, that's an actual do song. Do they know it's, it's defense time at all? Yeah, I do know. I know the uh, the song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scootator texted in. Did it, seem, did it seem to you like uh, we had no energy last night? It seemed like on any big play, USC was pumped, but it seemed like we had no life. After the first like 10 minutes of the, of the game, yeah. After they went up 21-7, I think, is when we we, we I definitely – because I remember those the, the, of those 21 points, the 14 came on two 20-yard drives because, yeah. of the, because of the fumble and the blocked punt. I mean, it wasn't like they had – I mean, I'm not saying they couldn't have earned it anyway, but – it didn't help that, that you know they were able to put those points up without putting up 100 yards of total offense. 
Texas says, next year at the final bye, Trevor has to eat a second salad, and Mike, you have to watch five minutes of Suicide Kings to carry the team to the finish line. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I love the picture I sent you last night of the guy with the Suicide King sign. Yeah. <laughs> In 1998. It's a, yes. Texas, does the glow game turn this basketball season around? Look, the glow game almost tanked the football <laughs> season, so maybe it can have the opposite effect on basketball. I don't know. I'd be an, I would like to see a glow game in basketball. The legend of the glow game is also one of the lasting memories of the 2023 football season, namely how much everybody hated the glow game. Just make the basketball game glow game version look like when they do the black lights effects at bowling alleys. Like they just turn the lights off. And the just, ball. Which was always great. Oh, I thought it was cool too. Just put stuff on all the empty seats. It'll look incredible. <laughs> With the holograms on people. Yeah. Texas, what about the punt from the 36-yard line and kicked it out of the end zone? Why not try for inside the 10? Yeah, that was one of the one of the decisions that I talked about in the first hour that I just did not agree with. If you're going to go for it, go for it. Yeah, Brady Hodges just drilled into the end zone. It wasn't even close either. No. So pinning them deep. Uh, also, the, the blocked punt, I think he just like kicked it really low because the dude just got put his arm up and it wasn't like a, they weren't even trying to really block the kick. And the guy caught the touchdown too, which was just like that uh, Zachariah branch didn't kill us a bunch but the one play that he did make on the punt i was like oh my god he if he kept his feet he was gone and he made yeah. three dudes look silly you can see why the reggie bush comparisons are out there there's that i defended a pl- i've defended Plummer a lot this year but he pissed me off when he yelled at a freshman tight end last night our offense wouldn't have to be nearly as creative and complicated if he could make better passes any passes f it gotta be blunt Plummer is pretty terrible i mean i've said this all year long what did you expect from a guy who's in a six-year college football you, you, your expectations had to be ceilinged at some point, right? I mean, we had to. I mean, we knew this going in. When you're getting a guy, there's a re, there's, there's a reason this guy's in the sixth year of college football. Yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. Texas, I just called Allen in the dark over here. He left me here. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know about the other the other Allen Electric spot with the woman's voice where she calls him the A team. I'm like, is that trademark? I mean, can we say that? Hopefully. They have a license on that, like with, with Murdoch. And I, don't, I don't want Mr. T coming to my door. Texas, I feel like it's surprising that the football team peaked so early with how many transfers they had, especially with so many transfers showing up after spring practice. You'd think they'd start slow and get better as the season goes on once they get more familiar with the system and the other players on the team. I mean, I feel like they peaked in the middle of the season, if anything. Like, you know, we mentioned it. They did not play well against Georgia Tech, really. In the first game of the year, they were lucky to win that one. They didn't play very well against what turned out to be a really bad Indiana team. Um, Boston College, they did play well. NC State, they did not play well on the road. They were fortunate to win that game. And I feel like the the best stretch of the season, even though you had the pit game thrown in there, was like Notre Dame, Duke, and then Vatek. Like the defense was dominant in those games. The offense was, was you know was good enough. It was kind of finding its footing. I guess in Boston College we looked really good too. And then at the end of the year, like, again, like I don't think it was necessarily us like fluctuating as much as it was just we were the same kind of team. We just made plays at the beginning of the season to win close games. And at the end of the year, like we, we just we didn't. Like I think it was I mean, just kind of that back simple. When Thrash got hurt, I mean, I think Thrash. I do think Thrash getting hurt played I mean, a big part that, of the offense. That game. made our passing game go from very limited to gone almost. It was after the Notre Dame game. He played against Pitt and. and put up a bunch of numbers it was the first game that i think he played after the surgery and after that he just couldn't go and the offense was never as as quite as good i mean the notre dame game also you have to say like jeff brom that's the type of game that he wins like like he that's part of the reason why you bring him in like he wins big time games they were they put a lot of attention on that game and we 
just kind of dusted what was a pretty good Notre Dame team. Yeah. And like, he does that sometimes. Unless you're a hater, then everybody, Notre Dame sucked. I mean, they're still, yeah, they're, they're, well, they're pretty good. They, they beat USC by 28. Imagine how many we would have beaten USC by. They beat Pitt by 51. Imagine how badly we would have beaten Pitt. <sighs> Football's dumb. It's so dumb. Texas, it's Brom uh, as the person of the year by a mile. Bowl game loss diminishes nothing. Our two best offensive players opted out. They had pros who didn't. Meanwhile, their campus was a two-hour drive away. We flew across the country. I guess we should get used to that now that Stanford is the West Coast division. Now, by the way, I, I, we brought this up yesterday briefly when I said, is this the first or the second bowl game we played in California? Uh-huh. Was this the only second game ever we played in California? I couldn't tell you that. I know that it was the second bowl game. I'm assuming it is. I mean, because I, yeah, because when we talked about Pac-12 opponents, we we brought we never Oregon. played California school. Yeah, it was Arizona, which was here. Arizona State, Arizona State, and so Oregon State. Oregon State, which was home away. Who was the other one though? Oregon State, we played twice. Arizona State, we played, played twice. And, and Arizona State, we played, played once. once. And yeah, then Utah was, was the Utah, other. Utah, yeah. So yeah, I'm thinking that had been the only our second trip ever to California as a, as a school playing. I mean, unless I guess maybe we play. I don't know. Maybe we played a. Cal. I can't imagine we played like an exhibition game in California for no reason. Maybe in the '40s we played Cal Bakerfield or something, though. But I doubt that. I can't imagine us traveling like that in, the, in that point in time. Do we ever play like San Jose State out there? I know we played them in a bowl game. We tied them, did we not? In the ten, t- the the Fiesta Bowl year, right? Isn't that the team we? T- yeah, I think you're right. But I think but that was. I think that was at home. But I think I'm pretty. Yeah, that was home. I believe. Yeah, we did tie them that year. I know that. But I think I'm almost positive it was a home game. Yeah, I don't know if we so we played we we did play San Jose State uh, in San Jose California in okay. 1990 that was the 10-10 tie. Oh, it was in California. I thought it was home. Yeah, it was. And we beat them at home in 93 31-24. Okay. So So there you go. So basically at least one more game in California. So from, on the top of my head we are 0-1 and 2 in 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 playing in California. Yes. I don't think we need to go back. Two ties. I think I think I think the hippies can have it. We I think we need to stay east. I did like the Lincoln Riley talking about how like, you know, we're flying out to the East Coast next year and end up with flying out to the West Coast. Like maybe we can wave to each other on the plane. <laughs> Texas says Lincoln Riley just turned forty and I'm forty three. <laughs> Texas says this show gets dumber and dumber. The Louisville guy was running down the field and dove at the USC guy's knees. Have you all ever watched football before? Then again, I am an NAIA All American. Maybe I just know more than you. Um, they never showed it, so how do you know? Yeah, and when he was running down, he dove his knees. How's that blocking though? Wouldn't that be a? Wouldn't that be a uh, like a a a, 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 a chop? Wouldn't that be something which cause something different? How can the guy that's going for a tackle, even though he's diving below his knees, be a block? Wouldn't it be called something different? I don't know. NAIA uh, All American. I don't see running really academic All American on there. By the way, so yeah, maybe you don't know. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just explain it to me. Like NAIA All American though. Yeah, not. A- <laughs> Texas blocking below the waist on the kicking team occurs when a member of the kicking team blocks low to break up the wedge on the return team. Okay, if that's the, that's that's what I'm looking for. Some someone of explanation. Where was Gustin and Joe Clatt with that last night? Last night. Yeah. Texas says I'm not sure if you read Mick Cronin's quotes after the Maryland loss, but in no uncertain teams, he said it was uh, his team wasn't smart enough to play defense. Clearly, he hasn't watched any U of L games this season. <laughs> Uh, Texas says, I'm 99% sure that we passed our curse to USC. I base this on nothing, but KP will be there to coach next year. I wish them the worst. I don't even know what this means. Curse to USC, I base this on nothing. Are we cursed? What? Yeah, I don't know. Texas says, uh, Stephon Diggs, since he turned 30, hasn't been great. It makes me feel old, but it's kind of funny how accurate the 30 cutoff is. 
Ooh, has he not been great? We're talking about, well, I mean, did he just turn 30 this year? I think so. I was going to say, because he's had a pretty couple of good years in Buffalo. Texas is probably good for a laugh. Mike in your best Nickelback voice. Going to join the Mile High Club at 37K feet. Damn it, Jack, you should have threw it. We all just want to be big rock stars, live in M-Town, and drive 15 cars. <laughs> I don't care what people say. I like the Nickelback rock star song. It makes me laugh. I don't even remember the rock star song. <laughs> it's, I want a quesadilla. He's <laughs> like, I eat my, get my meals for free. I want a quesadilla. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the song at all. You're the rock star about Nickelback? I'm sure I would if I heard it. I can't. The, I want to be a rock star. The lines aren't ringing a bell to me at all. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so bad, it's good. I at first when I heard it, I was like, this is like a joke song, right? And they're like, no, we're, this is serious, dude. I'm like, okay. Texas Gus was at Beach Terrace. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah. He's- it, was the, it was the most uh, maybe eventful news of the night. The highlight of the first half for damn sure, I'll give you that. I'm like dozing in and out of Gus's just not paying any attention to the game. And then he's just like, yeah, I, yeah, I spent some time in Louisville growing up. My dad and his whole family lives in a place called Beach Terrace. I was like, oh! <laughs> this is news. <laughs> The beach of where they teach you. Um, let's take a let's talk about tonight's games. We have a couple of bowl games. I mean, the, the ACC is playing in like every single bowl game. I feel like because they had so many teams get eligible. Uh, NC State right now is losing to Kansas State seven nothing in the first quarter of the Pop Tarts Bowl. Uh, this is the of course the game with the edible mascot. Very excited to see how this works. I'm looking for who now. Who's in this matchup? Again? NC State and Kansas State. I don't want. Uh, I'm rooting for Kansas State. I don't want Dave Doran to, to have any joy. No, to I want pop and I want to see Kleiman. I like my man. Um, Chris Kleiman's my guy. I want to see him get. He deserves a pop tart. Now tonight, though, we got the big show. Alamo Whoa. Bowl, nine fifteen. Our boy, the Jeff Brom of the West Coast, Jed Fish oh, in Arizona. Yes, taking on Oklahoma. Arizona's a two and a half point favorite in this game. We've been riding Jed Fish all season long. Do one last time. Are we going with our boy Jed tonight? The West Coast Fish versus the lo- the last Riley team. Um, they get the fish gets the taste out of our mouth tonight. Arizona wins this game. Arizona forty one, Oklahoma thirty. I mean the fact I picked Louisville in a midweek midweek game yesterday. I'm trying to think maybe I should just pick USC. Yeah, I, I thought. The, trust me, when the, when that, the clock hit zero and I looked at my account. I thought the same thing. All right. Uh, we're out of here today. Enjoy the football tonight or the basketball tonight, whatever you're doing tonight. Have a fantastic Thursday. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Go Cards. But you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you got to keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey. Keep it locked on Kentucky Atlas, only locally on Sports Talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM. The Big X.